welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I am Tyler Smith. I'm David Bass. And thank you for listening, David. Yes. How you doing? You know how I am? How's that? I'm on tenterhooks. We've talked about this in the past. Yes, okay. Because we're doing a preview episode, which we'll get to. I'm so excited for this episode, and I'm so excited for the stuff we're previewing. I'm, I'm, I'm on tenter hooks over here that has been established that that is the phrase right yeah, yeah. it's not tender hooks nope it's which sounds kind of creepy somehow tender hooks <laughs> yeah <laughs> it sounds like a hellraiser character doesn't it <laughs> but, yeah uh, but like a lovable <laughs> exactly that's like yeah, when they it make, can't help but kill you but it's like like there's a horror franchise and then they make like a kid saturday morning cartoon version of it there you and go it's tender hooks yeah and friends probably and friends yes yeah. Uh, so, okay. So that's where I am. Well, I'm glad to hear it. Tenterhooks. I'm trying to think, I, uh, I'm trying to think of like a, a clever way of saying completely ambivalent. How do I say that? Uh, I don't know. Okay. I guess I'll just stick with completely ambivalent. Ambivalent, not, okay, not, um, what's the word in Girl Interrupted that she gets confused Oh boy, with, I don't know. Uh, I haven't seen that. Indifferent. She says ambivalent. But she means indifferent. Indifferent means I don't care. Ambivalent means, well, you know what you could say. You don't know whether it should or go blind. What's that one again? Like, what does that mean? It means you're torn. Oh, That's okay. what ambivalent means, right? Okay, yes. Then that is the... Okay, I did use it the way I, I meant yeah. to. Okay. You don't know whether it should or go blind. Yeah. I don't even... I don't know what movies are coming out. So I don't know how excited I should be. Or maybe I should dread it. I don't know if I should shit or go blind, David. Yeah. All right. Well, we've established tender hooks. Should go blind. It's odd that those are the two choices. <laughs> yeah. I must say. Yeah. Like, how many people choose to go blind? <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's an odd... It's odd that people arrived at that saying specifically. <laughs> yeah, I guess there's, there's probably more context assumed. I would think so. Yeah. Because it's a pretty easy choice for me, but I don't like this kind of talk. Exactly. So let's talk about... <laughs> exactly. You hate the idea of blindness. Okay. Uh, David, this episode is brought to you by Mubi, a curated online cinema that brings its members a hand-picked selection of the best independent, international, and classic films. Every day, Mubi's curators introduce a new title, and you have 30 days to watch it. That means there's always 30 wonderful films to enjoy, all for only $5.99 a month. Plus, when you use their mobile apps, you can download films to watch offline. All right, so currently available on Mubi. How interesting, David. Last week... I was talking about Wind River and how much I enjoy Russell Banks. Not that he has anything to do with with Wind River, but Taylor Sheridan reminds me of Russell Banks. Uh, so, uh, currently available on movies, Paul Schrader's Affliction, about starring that? Nick Nolte, James Coburn, Sissy Spacek, and Willem Dafoe. Um, I love Affliction. It's a film I've watched many times. Yeah? Why? It's heavy. It's really heavy. It's rough stuff, but it... it Specifically, the specifically Nick Nolte and James Coburn are making such interesting choices, um, and you know the idea of when you see characters that are just full of a certain type of like everyday rage. You know, not like the Incredible Hulk, but uh, mm-hmm. the kind of rage that you might see like an on the street or something like that. Um, uh, another example is uh, Humphrey Bogart in, in a Lonely Place, like oh, a certain okay. type of just anger and abusive. I was going to uh, go with Seth Bullock on Deadwood. That's pretty good too. That's great. Guy. Yeah, um, because it's it's contained, but it comes out sometimes, mm-hmm. and that, that's what I feel like Affliction is, and uh, a really great performance by Nick Nolte, and an Oscar-winning performance by James Coburn, and. Uh, 
I remember at the time, I forget who it was. It might have been Paul Schrader or, um, or Nick Nolte, but they said, like, well, okay, like, Nick Nolte is a big, gruff guy. Who can intimidate Nick Nolte? <laughs> yeah. And then James Coburn shows up, yeah. who's just always been an odd on-screen presence anyway, uh, and then as an older, uh, with his giant teeth, uh, which, you know, I feel like those are probably very intimidating because you feel like he could just eat you at any point. Uh, that's a big part of Affliction, as Nick Nolte says, like, I don't know, I think he's going to eat me. <laughs> and so, But check out Affliction. It's very good. And there's a special offer for listeners of Battleship Pretension. You can try Mubi free for a month. Just go to Mubi.com, that's M-U-B-I.com, slash Battleship to redeem now. And I want to tell you about TweakedAudio.com. TweakedAudio.com is where you go for professional quality earbuds in a variety of stylish styles and colorful colors. They look great. They sound great. Tyler and I use them use them each and every day of our lives. I was using them just today mm-hmm. to listen to uh, the, uh, uh, I guess, long-lost Neil Young album Hitchhiker, which is available to listen to on NPR. NPR is not a sponsor, but that's how I listen to it, with my TweakedAudio.com earbuds. Um, I love Neil Young. He's a top five for me. I was using them today, David. Mm-hmm. I was listening. I was uh, vacuuming them out my car, and I was listening to uh, the next episode of the Aliens Minute podcast, failing to remember that I'm on that episode. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, I wasn't expecting to hear my voice. Uh, That's funny. This seems... Uh, a little bit narcissistic. I'm going to switch over to music. Yeah, that's so, funny. But it's a, good sh- it's a good show, and I enjoy being on it, so you can check that out. Hey, I got, you got a little plug inside our ad here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, these earbuds that Tyler and I enjoy so so well and so in so many varied ways are available at a low, low price over at tweakedaudio.com. But if you use the offer code pretension at checkout, mm-hmm. you get one-third off that low, low price and no shipping charges. So go to tweakedaudio.com and use the offer code pretension. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Now, Tyler. Yes? Let's get into it, shall we? Okay. I mentioned about the tenterhooks. I'm not even going to uh, uh, delay anymore. I'm going to introduce our guests. Okay. For, first off, I'm very excited about, for the first time officially on the podcast. Is that uh, right? Yes. Because this person has been on, uh, been a presenter. That's on right. The, yes, on the yes. BBs, but this okay. is the first official podcast appearance. Uh, I'm going to introduce her. Uh, she is, in order of importance, a film data coordinator at Variety Insight, and Scott and I's fiance, Julie Sesnovich. Hello. Uh, <laughs> How you guys doing? <laughs> Hello. Thank you for being here. Yeah. Um, My pleasure. Uh, we'll get to know you in a second, but I uh, I don't have a piece of paper to introduce our second guest, uh, but he, I guess, needs no introduction because he's been on the show uh, many times, uh, is essentially the third member of Battleship Pretension, uh, right? <laughs> I think of him that way. Okay. Um, he is our editor-at-large, and uh, most importantly, he is Julie Sesnovich's fiance. There we go. Scott well Knight. done. Hello. Again. How's everybody? Great. Great. How are the wedding plans? <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're coming together. We got yeah. a bartender just in 
in order this week? Very enthusiastic bartender. Very enthusiastic okay. bartender. Yeah. Okay. Maybe too enthusiastic. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. It's weird. I don't often hear, admittedly, I don't hear bartenders described very often in general, but enthu- like very enthusiastic. It's like, that's a little. She's like seems really awkward. into mixology and stuff. So she's uh, like, what right. craft cocktails do you guys want? And I'm like, I don't care. Now, okay, at what point will that become absolutely insufferable? I'd say um, now. It's a little not. insufferable now, okay. but hopefully I not. also hope that means she's on her game come the day. Sure. Oh, yeah, she's, she's great reviews. She's great yeah. reviews. I'm worried about the line backing up now. This, yeah. Because <laughs> she'll be a chatty Kathy. Yeah. No, I'm saying because craft cocktails, like if she's mm. like ah. grinding mint leaves with a mortar and pestle, oh. now I'm sitting here waiting to yeah. get my, I hear you that. know, my, my, my uh, I don't know, scotch and plain water. <laughs> An old fashioned will be on the menu, so there will be some preparation in order. Well, we also have a very enthusiastic wedding coordinator who said she'll help with anything. So yeah. if the line gets bad, maybe she'll hand you over your plain scotch and water. So Wedding okay. coordinator is what it's all about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of bad ones out there. So oh, if you've got God. a good one, don't then. I know? Yeah. <laughs> Not mine. Mine was great. Sorry was great, to say. Yeah. Mine was great, uh, thankfully, because she was recommended by uh, by Tyler's wife, Jenny. Um, but no, I just, I, I should say, God, I feel bad saying that. I need to say, it. no. Yeah, easy nope. there. Mine was great. I just came back from my brother's wedding. Indeed, yes. I don't want to go into any, I don't want to name names or go into any specifics, but yeah, that was a textbook example of. Um, a uh, a bad coordinator. <laughs> like someone, yeah. the coordinator was the you know my uh, my mom's like gift to like to them. So my mom paid, and at the wedding she was like, I plan on taking this woman aside after the wedding and asking her, Have you done this before? Wow! Oh. <laughs> because that's how I, thought it was. I was going to say, I'm going to take her in hand. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. It, it was uh, there were there were some there were some issues, but. Uh, you know, we pulled together as a family. We mostly kept the bride and groom hidden from the craziness that was going on That's until after call. the fact. That's your job. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, that is, that I was a groomsman. I was wondering what is the job of a groomsman? Mm-hmm. Apparently that, that was it. Mostly wrangling. It's, it's all about wrangling. Standing. Yeah. But mostly yeah. being a groomsman is just standing. Right. But yeah. every now and then some wrangling. Yeah. Gotta do some and David, wrangling. I was your sole groomsman. So there was a lot of pressure on me yeah. to, uh, keep you happy. To make sure everything went right. Exactly. Yeah. And you know what? Mission accomplished. Yeah, it was a great wedding. <laughs> That's what I say. Um, anyway, we're not here to talk about weddings. You know what we're here to talk about? I have something to talk about. Oh, go ahead. Before go ahead. we uh, I already said let's get into it. So I'm gonna, I guess I'll, I'll have to say it again after this. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Maybe. Uh, this, is, this is something kind of stupid, but it occurred to me today uh, at the gym of all places. Um, Actually, a lot of stuff occurs to me at the gym because I'm not. I'm doing everything I can to think of not being here because <laughs> I'm miserable. Right. Um, so I was listening to Spotify and uh, the song "Soul to Squeeze" by Red Hot Chili Peppers came on. Oh, now, sorry. normally I skip Red Hot Chili Peppers, but Rightly I do so. like that song. Oddly oh, okay. enough, um, it's a little bit more like downbeat, which I like. And then I remembered, oh, you know what? I really like the video for that song, and so I watched it. And then I, then I saw, oh, Chris Farley's in this. With son of a bitch, this song was written for Coneheads. <laughs> like, oh. like, I forgot that completely. I didn't. And I, just like I didn't remember that. And so then I was just looking up the song. It's considered like one of their best songs. It was a very popular song. It's on their greatest hits. But they always have to say, oh yeah, we wrote that for the Coneheads movie. <laughs> this very. Uh, you know, I, I'm not sure I can speak to how deep it is, but it definitely it has a, a melancholy quality to it. And what's and so the video is all about like this in an old timey circus, and there's not a, like there is like the amazing conehead, 
uh, but it's but that's not the lead character, and that character is treated very sadly. It seems very. Like, I want to see a movie of that uh-huh. world, not the Coneheads. Yeah. And uh, so it's just something that struck me. And I, I found myself wondering, I, I'm sure West Anthony could answer all these questions for us, but like how often like really great music or a really great song comes out of a movie that nobody remembers or would yeah. prefer to not remember. And so it's just something that, that struck me. I remember those videos, though, you yeah. know, that were like some shots of the band playing, but mostly clips of the movie. Yeah. Like, um, uh, what is it? The... The beginning is the end of the beginning by oh, Batman, yeah. by, by, by Batman and Robin. No, by this one. <laughs> uh, for Batman and Robin. I also remember the song Machine Head by Bush, which was on their album 16 Stone, but then was also on the soundtrack to Fear, starring Mark Wahlberg. And sure. Is that the roller coaster one? Um, that's the roller coaster movie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't remember if the roller coaster scene is in the the Machine Head uh, video. Okay. But uh, yeah, that's a movie that I never saw. Uh, mm. That I've, I've, I saw more of that movie in the Machine Head video yeah. than anywhere else. But here's the thing, David. We're talking about, like, that's a song that was included on the soundtrack. Right. This song was theoretically right. inspired by Conan. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I don't know if Anthony Kiedis, like, saw something in that movie I didn't see, but, uh, but it really fascinated me. But I think the beginning is, is the end is the beginning, or whatever, which one it is. That was written specifically for uh, Batman and Robin, right? Yeah, the two. Uh, yeah, I forget which one was the, I get them. The, there's the upbeat one that was the single, yeah. and then there's the downbeat one, which was the the... Uh, music from the uh, Watchmen trailer. Yeah, that's a good. It's a great song. Uh, it makes you wonder what it has, why it has any business <laughs> being associated with Batman and Robin. Batman and Robin's a good soundtrack. Um, yeah, uh, it's got some good stuff on it. You guys got any thoughts? Yeah, sorry soundtrack about that. Songs? No, I'm not like that big a music guy in this regard, especially. I'm just glad we're past the age of blockbusters having those like music inspired by the film soundtracks of yeah. songs that were never in the movie. Yeah, but just like a tie-in, pure commercial thing. But now I feel like there's probably like. Uh, check out this Spotify playlist. There might be. Yeah, <laughs> you know? that's true. Well, or, there is kind of a current example of that right now, which is that the Carly Rae Jepsen song Cut to the Feeling mm-hmm. was going to be on one of her albums. Didn't make it on. Don't really know what happened kind of in the middle, but then suddenly it appeared as a song specifically, quote unquote, for the movie Leap. Okay. Um, I think so, you're, you're talking about the movie Leap. Yeah, sorry. I forgot the exclamation point. You're right. Um, but yeah, the animated ballerina movie with the voice talent of Elle Fanning that just came out. Mm-hmm. Um, so they kind of repurposed that cut song into being for that movie. And that song is really good. good Apparently, song. the movie is less so. But I not think it's, it's also not eligible for Best Original Song Oscar for some reason. And well, people because are up, it was originally written for the right. album. So people are up in arms about that. And are like, if we're going to do this kind of like crappy finagling like can't she even get an Oscar out of it I mm-hmm. guess not so that's my yeah. favorite blues man crappy finagling <laughs> yes. um, and that song Happy by is it Farrell or Pharrell I forget Pharrell Pharrell, Pharrell. Yeah. was for was it Despicable Me, Me too. and that's like a very memorable song and yeah. a rather yeah. catchy one as well yeah. Yeah. for a movie that I'm sure is People, people love it. I don't know. I didn't see it. People like the Minions. I even hate that song. So made a lot of money. Oh, I like that song. I don't like they. I don't know if you saw this. People me three. No, Pharrell did another song called Yellow Light that is very bad. Okay, uh, just quit while you're ahead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I'm a big fan of Pharrell. Um, what about his hats? Yeah, uh, not a huge fan of the hats, but okay. I'm a fan of the fact that he wears them. Okay. So okay. Good, good for him. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I'm, I'm a fan of his going back to the. N-E-R-D days. Remember uh, N-E-R-D? I do. Uh, rock star, lap dance. 
Uh, did you ever see the um, the movie The Guard with Brendan Gleeson? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, which starts with... I saw that with my grandmother. For some reason, yes. she really wanted to see that. Uh, oh, yeah, it was she, like your whole family, yeah, right? Yeah, and she walked out, she's like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I saw that at a press screening where I was the youngest person, I think. Yeah. And the fact, like, it starts with the NERD song Rockstar where it says okay. fucking posers it's like a huge like <laughs> percussion and then it's like kids doing drugs and it's like a super assaultive beginning to the movie yeah. Yeah. and I think there were literally walkouts like, and doesn't, screen, the, like, doesn't the title the guard like yeah, it's fill the whole the frame entire, <laughs> yeah. which is something that I love I feel like oh, yeah, that's it's a good been trope. done a lot over the past few years it's always exciting though yeah I like it uh, okay well um, let's get into it for reals sorry about that no 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 please Okay. Uh, this is our fall movie preview. You All guys, right. it's the most wonderful time of the year. It though. is. It I is. feel like there's, like, uh, there's there's a pressure among like the film Twitter people to be like, oh god, we have to talk about awards or whatever. But it's like, no, this is you gotta talk about yes. the movies. And, this, yes. and, and and this is the most exciting time of the year because it's like, lots of people are talking about movies as. Art. Yeah. And for the, yes. the merits of movies. And for the next six months, we're going to get a lot more clicks. Yeah. Hey, that's going to be great. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Especially, we should plug our new website. Yes. Which looks oh, tremendous. Yeah. Oh, yeah. People should be clicking. Yes. Um, that's true. That's true. Click uh, all over that thing. Yeah. Absolutely. Close your uh, eyes, click. Yeah. Close your eyes, click. And no matter where you go, you're going to be happy. Uh, and I want to say, yeah. Uh, Props specifically to Tyler for that. Yes, put in the work for sure. Uh, Thank to, you. to do that. It looks it looks great. I'm very happy with it. But we're going to talk about the movies that are coming out that we're going to be talking about for the next, as Tyler said, six months. Yeah. Oh, so... Yeah, about six months. It's usually about that. It's very exciting. It may not kick in for, like, another month, but... uh, And that's in the case of the better movies. Some of these will hit in, like, a month, and we'll instantly forget about them. Sure. Well, you know, I'll say... We'll we'll get to it at some point in the preview, but yesterday, I... Oh, wait. Am I still under embargo? Okay. I am st- I am still in a program and I still will be when this comes out. So yesterday I saw a movie. Mm. I can't say what it is. Okay. Mm. That wasn't very good uh, at all, but there was a sort of exciting, like, it's that time of year. Like, right. the time of year for this yeah. type of, like, yeah. you know, fake prestige type oh, of movie. Oh, you texted me what movie you were saying. Yeah, I know you know. <laughs> yeah, know what movie it is. And you weren't even excited going into it. No, right? like, I'm not a fan, yeah. fan of the director. Um, it has some good uh, actors in it, but, uh, yeah, I'll talk about when the movie comes out. I can't right. say now. Uh, nothing like last year I got to kick I felt like I kicked off fall movie season with The Light Between Oceans which is a movie that I still stand by and I think was totally. one of the yeah. more underrated movies from last year's award season uh, and that was very exciting this one did not live up to The Light Between Oceans <laughs> uh, but even that, even though I didn't like the movie I still like left the, the the screening room being like oh boy yeah that's the thing happening. when uh, like award screenings kick off we're just excited right. to go to anything yeah, like it's yeah. just fun to be there yeah, yeah. it's like oh the, the Going from summer into fall, it's like, oh, now it's a different kind of disappointing, <laughs> which will be great. Um, so. But I, I think I'm such a cynic about summer movies that I just get, I can only be surprised, I think. Uh, and this ended up being a pretty good song. I, I missed Spider-Man Homecoming, which I know was uh, supposed Not to be good. good. Oh, it's okay. Sensing. But I know people, it got a yeah. good response. But yeah. like with things like, like Wonder Woman and Atomic Blonde, which I also liked you, <laughs> I think you guys both did in that camera. Did you see it yet? No, no, yeah. Uh, but there were a number of uh, pleasant surprises this summer in terms of big movies. And then, of course, there was, you know, Pirates 5 and The Mummy. But, 
Yeah, I just saw those were the I just saw Valerian. I think you should see it. It's uh, pretty yeah. great. I liked it a lot. I expect the to three like Valerian fans are in this yeah. room. <laughs> Um, okay, so we're going to do what we normally do, even though we didn't do this last year. Um, <laughs> by the way, I'm, I'm just remembering that we did used a different source last year. But we're going to use our trusty Entertainment, Week- Entertainment Weekly Fall Movie Preview as a guide. Uh, and what that means is that we will generally be going month by month, not necessarily chronologically within the month. Uh, but we will, as they do, start with something out of order because mm-hmm. they think it's a big deal. And that's Star Wars The Last Jedi. That's really no. out of order. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was expecting, like, out of order September, but... No, uh, their big sort of... It's the cover of the of the thing, of the following movie preview, okay. so that's what they're starting with. All right. And now, as of the time of this recording, Ryan Johnson is still the director of Star <laughs> <Yeah>. Wars, <laughs> right. The Last Jedi. Really pulling for him. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, are we looking forward to this movie? Yeah, I mean, I really like The Force Awakens, um, to a degree that kind of surprised me, to be honest, because uh, I'm not like a huge J.J. Abrams fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I thought it was top to bottom really great. All the new characters were super awesome, and I'm looking forward to actually getting some time with Luke, who's always been my favorite character. Julie, your thoughts? Um, I'm one of those strange... We don't necessarily, by the way, all have to weigh in on everything. <laughs> well, this is, this, this, this is on the, the big cover. one. It's this on the is cover. on the cover. Right. So I'm one of those strange people who never saw a Star War, as Lucille Bluth would say, until adulthood. So I have no nostalgia. I have no childhood affiliation. So to be truth be told, I've had some tr- like trouble kind of finding my groove with it. I've seen all the original ones. I've seen The Force Awakens and Rogue One. That's all the new ones, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, they have their pleasures, but I kind of wonder if you have to have seen them during formative years for them to really stick in the way they're meant to. Mm. Um, That being said, I'm all about Oscar Isaac, so... Mm. As long as he's there, that's that works for me. Uh, yeah. This is un, this is awkward. They actually uh, recast him <laughs> so, well, with Colin Trevorrow. Oddly enough. Oh man, um, it's funny you say that you didn't see the Star Wars movies until you were an adult because I have actually not seen the original Star Wars movies as an adult. Mm-hmm. Like I only saw them as a kid, and I have not. Rev- it's been twenty years since I've seen okay. any. Thing, any of the first three movies. Um, well, I'm 20 years since I've seen Star Wars, probably longer since Empire or Jedi. Um, but I did like Force Awakens. I didn't love it. Um, but I agree with Scott that the, the, the new characters are a big part of the selling point. I like yeah. I like all uh, all of them. I love Ray. She's like my poochie. Every time she's not on the screen, I'm like, where's Ray? What's Ray think about this? <laughs> and David, you and I are not, maybe not in the minority, but there's a very vocal uh, group of people that just really don't like Kylo Ren. And I love him. I think oh yeah. He's, he's a great, great villain. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm very excited to see yeah. him again. And I feel like there's, to me, the, the thing that excites me about, the next film is that I genuinely am interested in every character's arc. I want to see what happens next. Like, like, uh, which I guess is the nature of, of a series. Um, except I don't always care what happens next. And so with this, um, I remember thinking like, all right, they've done a pretty good job of reestablishing the mood, reestablishing the world, kind of throwing in some new things. And, uh, and, you know, the the film ended in a way where it's like, well, some things have been brought to a close or ended, but it definitely is going to to go on. And I'm I'm eager to see how that goes. So, yes, I, and I'm trying to think if I'm a fan of Ryan Johnson. I think I'm a fan enough for Star Wars. It's sure. like he's totally a skilled director. He's very clever in the way he directs movies. He has a good sense of humor, even when it's 
like a serious story. He can carry yeah. that through well, but he's not like a guy that I like need to see original work from either. So it's like Star Wars has been a perfect fit. It feels like I, I think he can be. Uh, I'm always cautious about him because I love Brick, but I, I think he can be too clever. I think a lot of the Brothers Bloom was a little too tongue in cheek. Oh, for sure. And also, I, the, the the I think the, the first Breaking Bad episode he did, Fly, which is like their bottle episode, right. that I feel like a lot of people really love. I think there's a lot of distracting camera shots. Like, yeah. I was thinking more of it's, his movies. Like uh, Looper, yeah. I think is really. I don't love Looper, but it's so cleverly directed that I guess I'd agree with that. And there's yeah. sequences in in all of his films that are great. And like I always thought, based on that sequence in Looper. Uh, I always thought it'd be great uh, if he made like a horror movie. You know the sequence I'm talking about where the character is slowly but surely losing body parts. Oh yeah, um, that part's man. I love that that whole sequence. It's very disturbing. Um, um, yeah. So yeah, I. But he I'm also interested. made. Yeah. Speaking of TV, he also made. Speaking of Breaking Bad, he also made Ozymandias, the right second episode. to last episode, I think, which is one of the my favorite episodes of TV. This it's pretty decade. spectacular. Yeah. yeah. Well, we'll see if Disney let him have yeah, any right. opinions or vision. You know, I feel like J.J. Yeah. Abrams had a distinct feel to it. True, but I could also see his type of movie being the type uh, fitting into more seamlessly, very well yeah. with what they want to do. So, yeah. okay, so let's move into September, which is the month we're in. So we're going to cover some stuff that's already out, including by the time you're hearing this, it is out, and Tyler has seen it. I have. Uh, and what did you think of it? <laughs> I hate you so much. Um, <laughs> I don't understand what I'm doing. <laughs> uh, so, well, now I just, now I feel like I got to do it every time. It is, in many ways, great. That Those kids, that ensemble, their chemistry as as a group and, as a, and their watchability as individuals is marvelous. Um, so... It is definitely worth watching for that, and I think Bill Skarsgård makes a very good Pennywise. Um, it feels, oddly enough, it feels kind of safe, and it feels kind of cuddly and adorable at times. Weird. As strange as that may sound. like, And things feel heightened in a way that... like, I really expected to come away from this movie like... Like, when I... Th- like, Halloween. There are days where I think, what if I just looked out the window and I saw Michael Myers' face just staring in that win- in my window? Now, I recognize it probably won't happen, but if it did, what would I do? Like, that speaks to the nature of that film, that mm-hmm. I, there's some weird part of me that thinks that, like, Michael Myers, who was just walking around in the suburbs, mm-hmm. could be in my neighborhood. So I came away from it. I, sorry, I went into it thinking that I was really going to... I guess like I guess I'm spoiling everything for our next uh, movie journal, but whatever. Um, yeah, that's fine. Thinking that I would come away being like, "Oh man, this fucking clown is gonna like stalk me. Uh, it's gonna stay with me." It has not uh, really at all. The character, the character of Mr. Babadook, stuck with me a lot more, and okay. he's not on screen nearly as much. That's not to put uh, Bill Skarsgård does a really great job, makes the character extremely creepy, uh, but it just okay. the. Uh, there's a stylized quality that made me feel like I was watching a fable that does not apply to me, and I'd have no reason to fear. My, Do you think part of that might be because there it's basically a two-part movie? I just learned that. I didn't realize that. Yeah, was so basically it's like, obviously there are movies that they're like, well, we 
figure this will be successful, so we're making a sequel. But like the structure of the book, it's two parts in two different time periods. So it was always designed to be like a two-part movie. So do you think that has anything to do with it? And it'll kind of like land more with part two? It might, because... What might? (laughs) 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 In in the book, by the way, it's... It goes back and forth. Yes. Mm. Whereas the miniseries and I guess the movie were like all the kids stuff than all the adult stuff. Yes. uh, And that's how this is going to be as well. So this film, it ends with, you know, fade out and then the word it comes into, comes onto the screen and then it just says chapter one. So like, okay, so, and the film takes place in the late eighties. So there's always going to be like a 27 year thing, but they want the the next chapter to be in modern day. So that might, uh, get me a little bit, but I do feel like there's a weird timelessness of the world that is created in it, where it feels like it could have taken place in the 1950s, if not for the shoehorned in, but admittedly funny new kids on the block jokes. Um, and so it's, I don't know. It feels a little bit nostalgic. Uh, and like I said, a little bit cuddly and, there seemed to be an odd disparity between the scenes of terror and the the scenes between the, the the losers club. It's hard to explain. I came away. It's still a film that I like, and I still liked spending time with those characters. But I think there's an element like, yeah, I think I was specifically engineered to do so. It feels like a film that is a little bit pandery. Like it gives us everything that we as an audience want. And if there's something I know about the novel it's that it doesn't always do that. And there are some stuff that is genuinely disturbing in mm-hmm. a way that, that people don't like and that people are uncomfortable with. And there's none of that in this okay. film. Um, we can't talk this much about it. Right. Yeah, <laughs> sorry about that. This is one you've actually, you know, one of yeah. this is actually seen. Um, let's move on to a movie I'm a little skeptical of, which is the new David Gordon Green movie stronger. Uh, which is a uh, starring Jake Gyllenhaal. It's a biopic of uh, a young man whose name I'm forgetting right now, um, Jeff Bauman, um, who lost his legs below the knees in the Boston uh, Marathon mm-hmm. and then sort of went back and, I think, ran the marathon the next year. Is that... Yeah. Uh, I'm remembering Patriots Day. I was going to say, if I'm remembering yeah. into Patriots Day correctly. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and so he plays that guy. Um, and Tatiana Maslany plays his girlfriend, who was also portrayed in Patriots Day. Right. Um... It's David Gordon Green, who uh, feels like a coin toss of a director. Yeah. And I feel like this one is one that could be coming up the, the wrong side. And I feel like he just did a couple of good movies, so it's probably due <laughs> to come back around. I'm what biased because so, I'm from the Boston area, so they put up an image of the skyline, and I'm just going to start openly weeping, so I'm sure. probably not the one to that. ask. But, yeah. What was the last David Gordon Green movie? I'm trying to remember. There's the Al Pacino one where he made Keys. Manglehorn or something? Manglehorn. Was it called Manglehorn? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I forgot. I was trying to think it was Matterhorn or... <laughs> no, it wasn't like a real word. It was like Manglehorn, I think. Uh, yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah, Joe was great. The Cobbler? I'm thinking of the Cobbler. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> Joe was very good, yes. Yeah. yeah, this this does have a Finding Forrester quality to it, where it's like this inspiring thing directed by an in, uh, a director with indie sensibilities who brings none of them to the film. Uh, so it could be that. I'm definitely worried about that. But I, I also am a fan of Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. Um, yeah. I used to be. So, yeah. And you didn't like Nag Pollard. <laughs> and it's never, he's never recovered. You don't, you want to go back to Prince of Persia times. Did you, did you um, like Prisoners? He's very good in Prisoners. Uh, he's fine in Prisoners. I like Prisoners. He's fine in it. Hmm. God, I don't like that movie. Um, anyway. <laughs> um, 
Uh, I, there was something I was going to say. Oh, speaking of Prince of Persia, the, in the interview in Intermeekly, um, Jake Gyllenhaal was talking about how much Jeff Bauman himself is like a ball buster. And whenever he gives <laughs> interviews, he likes to say his favorite Jake Gyllenhaal movie is Prince of Persia. <laughs> <laughs> uh, makes me like the guy. And that also yeah. just seems, I mean, I've never been to Boston. It just seems, seems very Boston. Awesome. Yeah. I yeah. C- can confirm. <laughs> uh, all right. Darren Aronofsky's mother. Can't wait. What's going on with this movie? Well, it's uh, clearly about uh, an, uh, punctuation, uh, punctuation, and then uh, inappropriate May December romance, right? Okay. I'm sure that's going to be the fact that Javier Bardem is 40 years older than Jennifer <laughs> Lawrence or whatever. I'm sure is going to be a plot point, right? I have, it's not just. A, it kind of feels like it could be, though. Yeah. Yeah. I, I kind of hope so. I know nothing about this film, and I've tried to keep it that way. Yeah. Um, I'm not upset that uh, you guys have uh, let... But I, I... It seems so strange and mysterious to me that I actually want to remain... Not merely am I not going to watch the trailer, but I kind of want to remain ignorant of everything about it. Yeah, yeah. anytime the trailers come up, I've shut my eyes. Yeah, my, same. I, I haven't watched them, watched them either. Um, just actually, last night or two nights ago, uh, Natalie and I were watching uh, TV, and a TV ad came on, and I looked away and then she was like what's that movie about and I was like I don't know <laughs> hey, she, she, me. but she watched the ad yeah. what that, what's that movie about so apparently I don't know well TV ads can about. often be yeah. pretty like just um, random clips of the stuff happening but I'm seeing like these random like you know fragments of reactions on Twitter and I feel like I'm standing with like my back to a car crash and I'm just hearing people like just shout out crazy things about yeah. it like that's what it looks like on Twitter basically well I mean the um, the poster is very Rosemary's Baby right yeah. um, uh, I don't know if that's what it's about but uh, I had to write down a, just like a one sentence summary for my uh, this internship that I was uh, doing over the summer and so I found, I tried I specifically found the shortest summary that I could <laughs> for for me, uh, and ev- and the story sounds like a good old nineteen nineties thriller, like the hand that rocks the cradle or oh, something okay. like that, okay. which is very and so like yeah. Darren Aronofsky making a film like that is very exciting to me. Um, yeah, uh, I, I we're all excited about it for different reasons. I have for months been thinking of Mother as the new Michelle Pfeiffer movie. Oh yeah, that's the kind of the main. No, I'm with you the there. I'm very excited about that. Uh, for me, yeah. Um, okay, uh, running through a couple other things that I've seen. Goon, Last of the Enforcers, I've seen. It's not as good as the original, which is a classic, if you ask me. A, a new classic in the sports movie genre. Uh, this one doesn't live up to it. Uh, I do until I don't is a step back for director Lake Bell, who made uh, the wonderful In a World uh, a few years ago. Um, this is nowhere near that. Uh, Viceroy's House is the new movie from uh, Gurinder Chadha, right? Who made Bend Like Beckham. Oh. Um, and has mostly worked in British television. I was going to say, surely since. he's done something since. Um, <laughs> yeah. Is it a he or is it a she? Oh, I don't know. I don't um, know. I think it's a she, but I could be wrong. Um, but, uh, uh, oof. Rebel in the Rye. Have you guys heard of Rebel in I the Rye? I have heard of it. Yeah. What is that? It is a, uh, oh, go ahead. Well, it's about um, young J.D. Salinger. It is the directorial debut of Danny Strong, who's mostly known as a writer and sometime actor. And it has Nicholas Holt? Holt? Yeah. I think I've always said Holt. Yeah, that makes the most sense. But Danny Strong, that name sounds familiar. What has he written or been in? He wrote um, The Butler. Oh, okay. He co-created Empire on yeah. TV. Oh, okay. With, and with he was Daniel. on Mad Men. 
Um, yeah. And most important, I mean, I feel like you guys are fair in the lead. He was Jonathan on Buffy. I've never seen Buffy, David. Okay. Right. Yes. But, um, and I think he wrote some Hunger Games, if not all. Oh, okay. Oh, oh interesting. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he... Uh, it's funny if you say like he's primarily a writer. I will always, always think of him <laughs> as Jonathan uh, from Buffy, who went from being one of those things that Joss Whedon would just do, that, you know, as we said, noted, noted monster Joss Whedon, um, <laughs> would do with, like, someone who had a tiny role that he liked, they would just, like, find ways to keep bringing him back. And so he mm-hmm. went from being sort of like a jokey, like, glorified extra nerd character to ended up being one of the main villains of the sixth season. Huh. Um, yeah. That's fun. Good stuff. So there's just something, and I could be wrong, but I'm not. Uh, just like, this author you know he's young yeah <laughs> or this artist you know he's young so we're watching him grow it's like, and hot this, i was gonna say yeah he's, yes he's young and very bankable uh yeah no thank you i i predict it's not going to be that good yeah um american assassin i don't really know much about it It looks kind of it has okay. michael keaton in it yeah, yeah. that could be fun and dylan o'brien dylan who actually o'brien. i like yeah. from the Teen scorch Wolf. trials yeah and, <laughs> most and famously and of scorch yeah. trials but he's styles uh on, That's right. uh, on the teen wolf uh program yeah. Um, here's something I'm uh, very nervous about, which is the remake of Flatliners, which is a movie it's that I loved sequel. as a kid. Oh, it's a sequel. It's a sequel. Okay. Huh. I loved the original as a kid. I am not sure if I revisited it, that I would still love it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think there's always something to like about a Joel Schumacher uh, movie, something... Uh, I can't think of it like a lot of boring Joel Schumacher movies, right? Yeah, that's fair. Um, <laughs> and so I remember really thinking Flatliners was cool as a kid. This is... I didn't realize it's a sequel directed by Niels Arden Oplev, who made the Swedish Girl with the Dragon Tail. Right. Oh, okay. Now, um, it has Ellen Page in it, and I, maybe I'm alone in this, but I adore Ellen Page, The End of the Earth and Back. Why would She's, you be alone? I don't know. I just, just putting it out there. I um, feel like she doesn't have a very furrin fan base. That's too bad. I'm, I'm, I'm no, all too. Yeah. as far Did as I know. Did you see Tallulah? Yeah, yes. Last year? She's great. Yeah. Here's the thing about her, is even if the movie she's in is not that good, she kills it. And she mm-hmm. she has conviction like no one I've ever seen. Like, any role she plays, you're, she just is so, like... Just she's in such, it. She's in it. Yeah. Uh, it also stars Nina Dobrev from TV's uh, The Vampire Diaries. And Kiersey Clemens. Who's he? She? She. Um, she um, was in Dope. She was in... She's oh. going to be in The Flash if that movie okay. holds together after all the changes. Um, yeah. So is this, like... It sounds like Ellen Page, Nina Dobrev, Kirsten Clemens, it's like a mostly fem- like female cat. Because like the original Flatliners yeah. was a bunch of dudes and Julia, Julia Roberts. Mm-hmm. It was Oliver Platt and Kiefer Sutherland and Kevin Bacon. Is that right? Yes. Uh, yeah. There yeah. are some dudes. And, I just can't remember them because they're not Ellen Page. So. Yeah. Half. And also, is there any is there any place other than Battleship Pretension where Oliver Platt gets named first? <laughs> right. He is the person I think cast. of first. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, his own home. I don't know. Um, what's that? His own home, maybe. <laughs> Even then, like his wife is yeah. like, oh, Kevin Bacon's. <laughs> yeah. Um, Kiefer Sutherland is a weird case for someone like who grew up watching him on Flatliners and the Young Guns movies, where he was like bookish. You know, yeah. like Dark City is another one. Yeah. Right? And like, then he became Jack Bauer, and now he's like everyone's idea of this like perfect American badass. And it's still, there's still a little bit of cognitive dissonance for me because yeah. I'm like stammering his way through the Young Guns movies and cleaning his glasses. Or in, even in like Firewalk with me, where he's a pretty straight arrow. He's like the subordinate yeah. straight arrow. Right, yeah. He's great in that movie, by the way. I yeah. rewatched that right before 
the the series started. In, uh, Good call. Yeah, he's fantastic. I've still never watched The Missing Pieces. I, have the I haven't Blu-ray, seen it yet either. Um, but I've never watched that. Um, we haven't talked about Twin Peaks like at all on the podcast. It ended, the return ended. It's fucking great. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> so, it was so amazing. Um, yeah, it had a final shot that like gave me like literal chills. Oh, yeah. Uh, which is always, that's something I look for in movies. Dale Cooper dancing around in the street with a chainsaw. <laughs> <laughs> Know, you have, I was going to say, emotionally... David, you have a type. Close. Yeah. Okay. Uh, here's something I'm very excited about. Um, Battle of the Sexes, directed by Jonathan Dayton and Valerie Ferris. Now, when you say you're excited for this, why? Um, I like Jonathan Dayton and Valerie Ferris, despite the fact that they have made... Uh, <laughs> well, okay. They made Juno, right? No. No. It's the other one. It's the other one. What they made the Little Miss Sunshine. Sunshine. Little Miss Sunshine. Okay. Doesn't matter. They made one of those movies. I don't yeah. <laughs> and then they made Ruby Sparks, which is bad, which I think I like better than you do, even though I think it, uh, it doesn't stick the landing. No. Um, but uh, it abandons the landing <laughs> and chooses another sport. <laughs> but what happened before all of that is that they made the video for the Smashing Pumpkins song, 1979, which mm. is one of the greatest, oh, videos and one of the greatest pop songs of the 1990s. It is a great and song. So I will always kind of think of them as like, Oh, this is a new movie from the people who made the 1979 video. <laughs> and um, nothing else, I would assume. <laughs> and, um, I don't know, I feel like there must be, by now, an Emma Stone backlash, but I'm not a part of it. Yeah, I'm no, there, no, I'm there is, but I'm still on board. I'm on sure. board for Emma Stone. I hate Steve Carell. Oh, I like Steve Carell. I like cannot Steve Carell. stand that guy. I, let's see, there are things that I like him in. I'm iffy about this, uh, partially because, if you'll pardon me, at the risk of getting political, I feel like it's going to be too hard. I don't think they, as filmmakers, have the restraint yeah. to have this not be super obvious and have Carell play, uh, what's his name, Riggs? No. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Bobby Riggs. Bobby Riggs, okay. Um, Who wasn't exactly a subtle guy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I'm not sure there's a way but to, the thing is, like, a very nuanced way to play him. True, but have you, like, how deep into that story have you looked? Uh, Zero. Yeah. Zero. Because there is something that I... I feel like know. I watched the drunk history about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because there's the thing we all know, which is like, ah, this old misogynist, God has come up and... There is, at this point, not even really a conspiracy theory. It's heavily assumed that he threw the match because he owed a lot of money to the mob. That would be an interesting angle. I hope, that's, they, in yeah. I yeah. hope that's in the movie. Yeah. Because that would be... Because that, you know what, to add, to incorporate that adds complexity. Yeah, as opposed to the. I, still, I think there's plenty of complexity that you oh. can get out of the story without that. My concern is always that like the Billie Jean King character or that type in these types of movies won't be that complex and will be defined by what she does. Yes, she okay. and what she represents. Right. Yes, and what we historically think of her as, and that's the thing. If it were different directors making this story, I'd be very excited. But it's just like uh, I don't. Yeah, trust and them. I know Billie Jean King's like going on the press tour for the movie too, so that's always like mm. a little mm-hmm. too endorsed. Yeah. Right. Like when the real uh, ghost hunters are out uh, promoting The Conjuring. It's exactly like that. like that. There's <laughs> no <laughs> difference between those right? scenarios. came to WonderCon. Were you there? Uh, was I was not, but yes. First Conjuring. Yes. I feel like I've been to like three or four. I like that of all the movies you could have gone with, this has happened with a billion movies. Yeah. <laughs> you went with a movie that's not based on these people. Or is um, it? No, no, no. It's, okay. it's, it's you based mean, on... Uh, I forget their names. Yeah, but I don't know if you know, there's like a lawsuit going on right okay. now. Okay. Yeah. About whether or not these movies are based on... 
Okay. Basically, there's a and what everyone is saying, which is the funny, like reductive way to say it, is there's a lawsuit lawsuit about whether or not ghosts are real. That's kind of what you have to like. <laughs> yeah. Right. To say like this is based on real experiences, you have to say like that's true that ghosts are real. It's like Exorcism uh, of Emily Rose. Uh, yeah, I like that movie. I never saw it, uh, but I, I understand yeah. there's a trial. And it was Jennifer Carpenter. Is that who that was in that movie? Oh gosh, I don't know. It was directed by Scott Derrickson, though. That's something I know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so um, I think that's the. I feel bad saying that, but I just feel like it's a film that has so much political weight to it that I worry that that's all it will have. Okay. I mean, there was good buzz. It played at Telluride over the weekend. It had good buzz coming out of that. It's like, I can see your concern, but at the same time, it's like, that is what they're going to show in the trailer. They're not going to show the more nuanced aspects. So. And it's worth noting, actually, that I'm, I don't necessarily love Steve Carell as an actor, but I actually liked him a lot in Little Miss Sunshine. So, um, And then I also liked him in uh, The Big Short, but I thought he could have done better things in uh, Foxcatcher. Yeah. So. Um, man, I, yeah, I'm one of those people who liked Foxcatcher. <laughs> no, there's a lot I love in Foxcatcher. Yeah. I love Mark Ruffalo, and I like the way it looks. I, there's a lot that I like in Foxcatcher. He is not necessarily one of them. I, here's what I like. I like the scene where he's saying he's a philanthropist of what I can't even know what they all are. There's a nice uh, moment where he says, like, horses are stupid. I love that. <laughs> I enjoy that moment. That's right, yeah. Um, I am uh, excited for American Made because it's Tom Cruise, yeah. you know, recovering yeah. from the debacle that was The Mummy, reteaming with his Edge of Tomorrow director. I'm sorry, Live, I Repeat director, uh, Doug Wyman. I was going to um, say, it's also... Two punch uh, debacle of the mummy, and before that, the last Jack Reacher movie. Oh, right, which was really dismal. I literally forgot it existed. And I think our excitement is justified because I actually they released um, reviews for this a couple weeks ago, Hmm. which seemed oddly early for the type of movie it was. But I think it was just like people were so into it that they're like, let's just build this hype. So people are into it. It's supposed to be good. Doug Lyman can put a movie together. Yeah, I just I'm sure it'll probably be very good. And I know we're not talking about box office, but at the same time, I could see it just not doing well. Right. I, I, I think unless it's a Mission Impossible movie, I feel like Tom Cruise is, I won't say box office poison, but I think he's somebody that is not the, he does not have the appeal he used to. I don't Internationally, think people, though. Sure. Yeah, sure. apparently. Yeah. But this is also called American Made, so who yeah. can say? Yeah. yeah. Um, Home Again is the new Reese Witherspoon movie, and I'm a Reese Witherspoon fan. It's directed by Howie. Myers Shire, who is Nancy Myers' daughter. Yes, that's a lot of sentence right there. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Hallie Myers Shire, who's Nancy Myers' daughter. (laughs) Yep. Sounds like it's like a horror movie from the seventies. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. uh, As I was going to whatever, I met a man with that. What is it? Uh, Anyway. The, the, there's a nursery room that I forgot the 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 place name, but it's I met a man with seven wives. Blah blah blah. Um, Anyway. Uh, I wish this movie looked better than it does. I don't know much about it. I just know recently it's been in a like. Just saw yeah. the trailer this past weekend, and I was reviews like, are not good. I guess I'm not as into this as I'd hope I'd be. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Brad Status is the new Mike White movie. I like Mike White and our um, friend Brent Simon when he was on the show at this point, like almost two months ago, mm-hmm. or at least a month and a half ago. Uh, was said he was, said to keep an eye out for Brad Status that it was that it was very good. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I'm definitely curious about it. It's been yeah. stiller in dramatic work, right? Yeah. Yes. I'm always yeah. keen on that. Into that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Mike White, as a uh, film director, made Year of the Dog, which is a, a movie that I like. Um, not just because I, uh, and my name's in the credits. <laughs> um, do you know, I, my, I think I've said this on the podcast before, but like 
I was a PA for a while, and then in between jobs, I worked at the Arclight for a while, and I was a greeter, which is what they call the person who introduces people who don't know at home. When you see a movie at the Arclight, someone comes out first and says, here's a movie you're going to see. It stars these people. It's about this long. We'll be standing to make sure the picture and sound quality is good or whatever. And so I, like, introduced Year of the Dog, which is like... I didn't say I'm in the credits because that would have been even more shameful. It was like yeah. how far, like, <laughs> like, like a year ago I was working on the Paramount lot. And now I'm like wearing this dumb blue shirt, and, like working Buttoned for all, the way, all yeah, the way up, working for secret Scientologists <laughs> next to a guy whose name tag says his favorite movie is Sahara or something. <laughs> um, I should say, uh, just in general, I feel like Mike White is an underutilized on-screen presence. Yeah. I really uh, like him as an actor. Like when you see, well, in any number of things, but also like, I mean, Chuck and Buck is great. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I think the movie's very, very good, but he's great. And I feel like he's, I don't know, he, he gets like these one or two scene things. and But sometimes he kills those. He, oh, like, he always kills them. He, I think he wrote or co-wrote the movie Orange County, and he plays the English teacher. Yeah. And it's like one or two scenes, but it's so funny when he's like, he's talking about, I don't know. Yeah, it's been a long time. But. He's talking to the class about all the like, more popular movies and TV shows and, and books and things that are based on Shakespeare. Yeah. And he's like, can you name some of the things that are based on Shakespeare? And people, like the kids in the class just start naming whatever. And he's just like, yep. Yeah. Very good. <laughs> and then he's, he's giving her her paper back and he goes, he goes, well, I read your paper. There's a lot of words in there, but, but who cares? Cause I gave you an A. <laughs> uh, um, all right. Uh, first, they killed my father. Is the new Angelina Jolie movie? Oh yeah, people are into it. Aren't yeah, they? I don't know anything about whatever it. festival it just played at. People were really into it, and of course, I am a big By the Sea fan, so I am very uh, in- watch interested. She directed that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Which I didn't see. Right. But I'd heard still from you good things my, about. But like, behind my TV at home, I gotta reach back there. And then my why is it behind <laughs> your TV? You've been to my place. Yeah. That's I have four. Three or four different stacks all okay. behind, the, like on the, because I have a big, not only I have a big, like, it's like a, a chest that we bought at a flea market that serves right. as a TV stand. So there's a lot of real uh, estate okay, on the thing. So, uh, so, so as not to make my two watch stacks total <laughs> eyesores, I keep them behind the TV. And it's in one of my three or four. Uh, to watch stack. I didn't know if you had to like a stack of shame that Natalie wasn't supposed to see. You're like, I don't, don't know that I want to see by the sea. <laughs> no, I just don't want to. Uh, uh, well, David, what is this? Like, <laughs> nothing, nothing. I don't know how that got there. That's Tyler's. I was looking for Tyler. <laughs> okay. Um, speaking of Angelina Jolie movies, I got a press release email the other day that they're essentially, someone's making essentially like an unbroken sequel. Yes, it is um, produced and distributed by Pure Flix. So they're going the pure Christian route for that. Um, But it is, they're saying it's based on the second half of the book. The part Um, that looked way more interesting at the end of Unbroken. Yeah. (laughs) That's what everyone, we all said. Yeah, it's Pure Flix, so they'll fuck it up. That's what they do. (laughs) And um, Billy Graham's grandson is playing him. All right. Um, His name is Will Graham, which isn't that the character yeah. on Hannibal? Hannibal yeah, Hannibal, okay. Boy. I thought so. This just got a lot more interesting. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah. Yeah, they should have gotten William Peterson. Sure. Who played, who played Will, Will Graham and Michael Mann's Manhunter. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. Thank you, Dave. <laughs> I'm going to toss this over to the person from Variety. What do you know about Woodshock? 
I know that it is the directorial debut of Rodarty, which is a fashion design team. Hmm. Um, Are they sisters? I think so. It's Laura and I can't remember the other one's name. The only other time I can think of that a fashion director turned to filmmaking is Tom Ford. That's worked out pretty well. Um, But the word from Venice is that this has not worked out quite as well. Mm. Um, It has Kirsten Dunst. It kind of looks like it has like a melancholia vibe. Yeah, it looks kind of surreal. I think there's like some drugs involved in the narrative. Yeah. I'm mainly into it because I adore Kirsten Dunst visually yeah. speaking and it looks like a big Kirsten Dunst is super hot movie mm-hmm. so I will 100% be there um, okay uh, Mark Felt the man who brought down the White House is a movie in which Liam Neeson plays Deep Throat yeah yeah. this is one of those movies that has like 500 people in the cast and I'm always a little uh, suspicious of those movies yeah there's a certain uh, tipping point where it's like eh. I will I will let you know in less than a week watch All it right. All right. Good who, who made that uh, I don't know Okay. Julie? I think it was like some Joker. Yeah. Oh, it might be um, Peter Landisman who did like concussion. That sounds right. Mm-hmm. Yes, you're right. Yeah. yeah. Not very concussion is not good. Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, Our Souls at Night is the uh, Robert Redford and Jane Fonda back together at last. Yeah. All right. Anything else about that one? Um, yeah, it was directed by Ritesh Batra, who did The Lunchbox, which I saw at oh. AFI a few years ago. It was like, okay. It was kind of like, like. I love The Lunchbox. It's kind of nice. But like, <laughs> I. I feel like just them together yeah. is probably just mm-hmm. going to be delightful. I hope he can rein in Jane Fonda a little bit. Why do you want to rein in Jane Fonda? <laughs> I saw I saw Youth. I know what unhinged Jane Fonda looks like right now. Well, I, that might have been the right movie for it. Yeah. Just the wrong movie for everything, in my opinion. No, I, loved, I loved Youth. <laughs> um, Kingsman, The Golden Circle. Uh, I liked the first Kingsman. As did I. Yeah, um, you two are the this, big Kingsman fans in my but life. But I liked it. Despite, like, it came as a big surprise that I right. liked it because I'm not generally a Matthew Vaughn fan. Um, and so I kind of don't expect lightning to strike twice. And so I'm not getting my hopes up for the Golden Circle. Uh, well, they else? did cast a ton of people in it. Yeah. So that's how yeah. you know. But and good people, like people yeah, yeah. who bring uh, a certain, like Channing Tatum, uh, I think, is a good comedic actor. And so I'm yeah. interested to see what happens there. But I did not. There's a lot I liked about the first one, but I didn't. I did not love it as much as as some. And, and so they brought back Colin Firth. Yeah, they sure did. They put a fucking That's patch stupid. over his eye. That is stupid. Yes. Yeah, he got shot in the face. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I did. A coworker of mine said she saw like a very early preview screening of it and was satisfied with the way they did it. Um, so I don't, I don't know. know. Sounds like they're trying to have their Obi Wan and eat it too. Yeah, <laughs> as the saying goes. <laughs> Um, it started as another one to pull the Matrix, right? Oh, indeed, yes. Because yeah, the Matrix failed to kill off Morpheus. Right. Which, uh, and then you know, he did nothing. 10,000 years of story yeah. structure tells us that <laughs> 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 they were supposed to do. Um, Victoria and Abdul is the new Stephen Frears uh, movie. Man, I've seen this trailer about 500 Same. times. I, really? I've yeah. seen this trailer more than any other trailer I've seen probably in my life. I haven't seen it once. We go to the movies. We have seen it enough for you. Yeah. Okay. But and we'll definitely hit these uh, just spurts of seeing the same trailer again and again. Like I remember when the wrestler came out, we could not get away from that. Could not escape the wrestler. (laughs) But yeah, I feel like Stephen Freer is like to think that he is the same person who made High Fidelity is kind of like astounding now because I feel like he's narrowing in on this tinier and tinier niche. Whoa, shots fired. <laughs> Let's just skip past that David, one. you interrupted our guest. So <laughs> high fidelity again. But he is this Every very narrow, like, older British royal yeah. lady niche going that, I mean, I guess someone has to. I don't know. And he, even before that, his British movies were much more, like, 
I've only Edgy. seen uh, was that Beautiful Laundrette. Yeah, which my is, Beautiful Laundrette. Yeah, which is a movie I didn't really like, but it is noteworthy. Which most of the movies, you know, and lately have not been. He also made The Grifters. That's yeah. right. Which is yeah. amazing. I love yeah. The Grifters. Yeah. Again, I don't love it, but it is distinctive. But you're yeah. correct. I, you I, should I, love it. He made Philomena a few years ago. Yeah, right? it, which and is I'm, fine. I like Philomena. It's a lot. fine. Uh, and so here we go. Him back with Judy Dench. I'm, I'm uh, cautiously excited about Victoria and Abdul. Uh, I am not, I don't have a feeling either way about the Lego Ninjago movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did not know this existed until I saw a trailer for it, and I was like, I guess we're just going to keep doing this. Lego blank. Yeah. I mean, I liked well, the other Lego movies, so like, I I'm open to it. I did not care for it. Batman. <laughs> well, um, inside joke time for everyone, but uh, Tyler, um, our quiz master pronounced that Lego Ninjago. <laughs> who he has a lot of strange pronunciations. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, and then I made fun of him for it to you guys, <laughs> and I think he heard oh, me. Oh, very it. loudly. Nobody cares. We but I forgot they had, yeah, they had sat us closer to him. <laughs> and so our Tyler and listeners, we do uh, pub trivia, uh, or whatever you want to call it, bar trivia. Uh, I keep meaning to join awesome. you, but um, yeah, your stuff keeps coming up. It's an open invitation. Um, and uh, the person who hosts it uh, almost every week has a problem with pronunciations. You know, okay. he said for sales instead of Versailles, that sort of thing. And then a few weeks ago, the answer to one question was supermodel Giselle Bunchen, And I said, way too loud. That he knows how to pronounce. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then felt bad about it for the next two hours. And like, you have to understand, like drunk people are shouting angry things yeah. at him all night. But here's David just like brooding and tortured over this <laughs> fairly innocuous comment. <laughs> <laughs> sounds yeah. like it sounds like this guy's a big dumb idiot. <laughs> no, he's a great guy. Yeah. Um, don't ask me his name. Uh, <laughs> another inside joke. Uh. Um, okay, uh, let's move into October, right? We're all ready for um, October. Or do you have more for September? I have a couple for September. Good. All um, right. One. <laughs> That's who I'm going to be. Tyler, you can go home. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. No one can see the glare I'm giving him, but it's potent. Um, One I'm very excited for is called Loving Vincent because it claims to be the first ever entirely hand painted movie. So, what they did. The trailer for this looks super trippy. It's a biopic of. It's kind of half biopic, half using the characters from Vincent van Gogh's paintings to tell a story. But what they did, they crowdsourced it. They taught hundreds of people to paint like van gogh and every single frame is literally a painting so that comes out later this month and some of the reviews are like look it's like incredible i'm like i don't care it's gonna be great yeah so. it sounds it's at least something different yeah <laughs> for sure um there's also a documentary that i'm probably gonna mispronounce i think it's spetacolo um it's, that, op- that has opened or it opens this weekend in limited uh i have september 29th that might be the la date though Hmm. So I might yeah. be opening in New York sooner. Oh, okay. I just know that uh, AV Club published a review oh, like okay. yesterday, so I'm guessing okay. it opened somewhere. Fair enough. Um, but basically, it's a documentary about a small village in Italy of called Spedicolo, and every year they put on a play where everyone in the town plays themselves, and it's like their way of like working through their issues. <laughs> So that's great. Yeah. So <laughs> we very should do that. The four of us. Yes. <laughs> I'll play Tyler. David, okay, I hate great. you so much. Awesome. Okay. All right. Uh, and scene. Fantastic. See, Tyler, you're, you're all bemoaning Julia's mm-hmm. list here. Two movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. That's you're very super exciting. Yeah. That's very yeah. exciting. Um, there's also a new 
probably going to say this wrong too, Armando Iannucci movie mm-hmm. um, that oh, comes yeah. out this week, I believe, called The Death of Stalin. It is about that, but it's a comedy with Steve Buscemi and Jeffrey Tambor. So, sold. Yeah. Every single word of that was exciting <laughs> mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so October then? Sure. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, oh there's okay. also a new Darden Brothers movie coming out this month, The Unknown Girl. Oh, which, yeah, is also reviews are already up. So, yeah, uh, but I mean, it came out in festivals years ago, or almost years ago. That was like two cans ago. Hmm. But it's a new Darden Brothers movie, yeah. worth mentioning. Can't wait. Yeah, I, I, uh, I was for a long time a diehard Darden Brothers fan. I've kind of soured on them. You see Two Days, One Night? Uh, I did. I liked that one. All I right. didn't love The Kid with a Bike. I can uh, see that. I liked it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, going back to like, um, uh, Rosetta, is that what it's called? Um, yeah. Which I haven't seen. That was probably the first one I saw on VHS. That's all. I think I've only seen their more recent stuff. So I think I have a different view of them than people like you have seen most right. of their work or right. at least their earlier work, which they're more famous for yeah. at this point. I remember when, uh, tell you when we lived together in, in Chicago, you remember this, right? I do. Uh, on, on early, which is when, when I graduated, when we graduated at the same time, but mm-hmm. I got from my mom a graduation present of a, a big TV. It was like 36 inches, which yeah. is not that big now, but it was <laughs> right. the biggest TV that yeah. we had had. I remember watching uh, one of the first DVDs I watched on it was The Sun, the uh, right. Darden mm-hmm. Brothers movie, and I was like, this is so cool. It's so big. And it's <laughs> like I'm in the movie. By the way, I only just recently got rid of that Really? Uh, it was in our den for the longest time. And like people, when like my, my brother or, or our nephew would like stay over, we, they could like watch DVDs on it. But then like the DVD player crapped out and we realized we hadn't turned on that TV. It's a, you know, a tube TV. Yeah, like, yeah. Like we hadn't turned it on in really a year and a half. And so we were like, let's put a bookshelf there. <laughs> we have too many books. <laughs> let's, uh, let's throw this thing on the curb. All right. Uh, on to October then. Yeah. Everyone okay with that? Yes. All right. I'll find a more graceful way to do that for the next transition. Probably not. Uh, Todd Haynes has a new movie. It's called Wonderstruck. Yes. And it stars Julianne Moore and Millicent Simmons. Great cast. And Oaks Fagley. And Michelle Williams, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oaks Fagley. Who is that? That name, obviously, the name sounds familiar if you've heard it once. (laughs) This little girl here. Okay. Or is that a boy? I think it's the boy. Okay. Get a fucking haircut, hippie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, um, yeah. You can keep talking, but that name is so familiar to me. Um, I mean, between that cast and Todd Haynes directing, like, yeah, yeah. and I think it's yeah. kind of a children's movie, which is an interesting. Yeah, and it's like one of the it's like set in two parts or something, and one is like sort of a silent movie, right? So it's like it. Yes, that's right. Exactly, it's It's exactly like it. Um, But yeah, I think it's like a silent movie, and they cast a deaf actress. I think the little girl is deaf, and apparently Todd Haynes said he got a lot of because they were doing like a nationwide talent search. He got a lot of videos from kids pretending to be deaf to get the part. Uh. So, but they Pete's Dragon. Oh, oh yeah, Oaks Fagley was in Pete's Dragon, and I remember thinking okay. he was pretty good. He was pretty good. Let's uh, let's hope those audition tapes don't make the Blu-ray special. <laughs> let's yeah, let's hope. Kids do the darndest things. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, when I'm spurred on by their parents, I would assume, right? You would hope. Yes, uh, definitely excited for Wonderstruck. I'm definitely cautious, not cautiously excited, just cautious about George Clooney's new movie Suburbicon. Um, I'm feeling it. Why so cautious? I don't know, but he hasn't made that many good movies. But written by the Coen brothers? Yeah, um, that true. helps. Yeah, But I mean, other than Good Night and Good Luck, I mean, I liked Confessions of a Dangerous Mind at the time that it came out. I doubt I would like it now, just thinking back on it. I uh, feel like I still would. 
because the cast is pretty solid. Yeah, but I feel like there's so many um, flourishes that yeah. are like George Clooney going, I'm a director now. Yeah, totally. <laughs> look at, look at yeah. That might be a little overly clever direction. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I didn't like Money Miss I didn't see Leatherheads. It was okay. okay. I think the Coen brothers had developed it for them to direct themselves for a while, and then he took over. So I yeah. don't really know how developed it was when they handed it off to him. So it might be kind of more Coen-esque than I think Clooney-esque. he also has a screenwriting credit on it, so he okay. must have done something with it. Okay. But at the same time, it's got to have... I mean, he gets their humor and gets their flavor. Yeah. So. yeah. It's, there's a lot there that excites me, including the cast, uh, and then the Coen's involvement with it. Uh, but then they didn't direct it and Clooney does have a writing credit on it and as much, and, and I honestly don't think I'm that interested in George Clooney deciding he's going to like, Oh, kind of sort of set, uh, send up the suburbs. And it's like, Oh good God. That sounds like maybe the smuggest thing I've ever heard, but, right, but no one's done it before. It's a thing. <laughs> right. Thankfully, finally somebody <laughs> takes them down a peg. Uh, but that's the thing is there's so many other things involved and I love Matt Damon and I, especially uh, in a dark comic role. Exactly. Yeah. Oscar Not Isaac, like the informant. Yeah. My boyfriend, yes. the internet's boyfriend, but okay, we have so joint custody. I just want to make sure I've got this right. So obviously, if Oscar Isaac and Kirsten Dunst walked in here, <laughs> this engagement is off. Hey, we saw the two faces yeah. of January. There you go. There we you both go. have lists. It's fine. Okay. Yeah. All right. Huh. Yeah. David, who's on your list? <laughs> I, we, I don't have an actual list, but I mean, people who have listened to this podcast will not be surprised to hear me say Rachel Weiss. Sure. Yeah. Who is sure. the, yeah, the most beautiful woman in movies. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, let's move on to a movie that I am excited about, I think. Professor Marston and the Wonder Woman. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I actually read this book. Okay. Um, So it's based on the true story of William Marston, who created Wonder Woman, who also invented the lie detector and had a polyamorous relationship for many years. Um, The book was really interesting. The only thing was that it didn't really have like narrative momentum. It was kind of just like, here's a guy who did a bunch of interesting things scattered over several years. So I'll be interested to see if and how they kind of shape that into a movie. Well, I'm sure human yawn Luke Evans will really get things going. (laughs) But, I mean, there's also Rebecca Hall, who is great. So... I feel bad saying that, but, like, I I don't think I've ever seen a Luke Evans performance and thought he was absolutely the best person to play this role. I barely remember the... Luke Evans' performances I have seen, so that probably yeah. says it all. Well, yeah. yeah, what's he? He's in the he was Beauty and the Beast. Movies. He was Gaston. Uh, yeah, which feels wrong to me, yeah. having not seen it, but I feel like, yeah. come on. Yeah. What uh, am I missing out on? He was in Dracula Untold. Untold? Okay. Um, so, well, that was the kickoff to the, the Dark, Dark Universe, Universe, right? Oh, yeah. Which we're all now obsessed with. So okay. obsessed. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I, I think I primarily know him. I think I've seen him in other things, but I know him primarily from Dracula Untold and the Hobbit films. Uh, both parts that could have been bigger and he could have done something with, but he chose to, uh, you know what? I think he was ambivalent. <laughs> I think he's an ambivalent actor. Yeah. Um, so, you know, as, as you get older movies, like seem to, it's like, you'll think of something that, Oh, like it's you'll think it came out like two years ago, but it's like, Oh, it came out like six years ago. Yes. Whatever. Dracula and told I have the opposite with where I'm like, that had to be like, 2010 maybe 2011 it's like no that was like 2014 yeah Mm. (laughs) Uh, it does feel like a long it does feel like because it's so distant yeah it's so small in my mind that that i'm mistaking it for being far away 
Um, I, I mean, this might be a turning point for Luke Evans, though. I mean, none of sure. us like Charlie Hunnam until Lost City of Z, and he's great in that. Um, I feel like Robert Pattinson has a moment, too. It's like... Charlie Hunnam was very good in Nicholas Nickleby. Nickleby. I never saw and, it. And... Uh, other things, I'm sure. There. Sure. Uh, Cold Mountain. Um, <laughs> he was in that, right? Yeah. He was, you know. okay. Seems like a long time ago Probably. for him to in it, but if you say so. Um, now, Blade Runner 2049 opens on uh, October 6th and hopefully ends before Thanksgiving. <laughs> um, if you sit down to watch it. <laughs> Because uh, it's supposed to be very long. Yes, it's 163 it? minutes um, at last yeah. count. 11 of which apparently credits, so, you know, you can leave. Fair enough. You should stay, though. <laughs> um, I'm not excited for it, but I will see it, and I'm intrigued, and I'm not a big Denis Villeneuve fan. I don't hate him, but I really loved Arrival, and as I said about that film, I think he's particularly well-suited to sci-fi. I think it might just be that the the unnecessary qual, uh, element of the film is kind of coloring it for me, but any movie can be necessary if it's good, and it could be. So, yeah, I love Denis Villeneuve, um, and I'm Same. just worried that he'll get you know chewed up and churned out by the system as many before him have been. I feel like with with a movie at that length, that is not a right. length that studios want. Yeah, yeah. that is interesting. It, Makes me hopeful that he'll keep his kind of even, slow pace. But, as we were talking about the other day, he did lose Johan Johansson yeah. as composer, mm. who he worked who with this? on Hari- Arrival. Yeah. So I feel like mm. that might not have been his call, and they replaced him with Hans Zimmer, which seems very much like a Warner Brothers call. So mm. maybe and it was a trade-off for the runtime. I don't know. Johansson's score for Arrival is amazing. Mm-hmm. And, yes. and, was really and very strange. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's just it. I was yeah. really interested to see what he would do with Blade Runner, which the yeah. original movie has a very interesting score, too. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Arrival was the first Denis Villeneuve movie that I liked. Um, and so I always feel like I hope you're right that that he has uh, they let him do what he wants. But I always feel like when someone makes a movie like that and then they go to a, a franchise, I always feel like it's a bit of a loss or a. But you don't like the guy. You don't like the guy, so it's no loss for you. I did like Arrival. But no, I was not a fan of um, Prisoners or Enemy or Sicario, and I never saw Ansandis. I have not seen that either. Um, Okay. The Foreigner is a new Martin Campbell movie uh, starring Jackie Chan. I'm um, intrigued by it. I'm a little bit intrigued too because I, for some reason, I'm always intrigued by like the aging action star. Yeah, you know, I'm not saying this is going to be Jackie Chan's Copland, but um, <laughs> but it might be. Uh, yeah, I like those types of movies. Look, he has an honorary Oscar now. He can phone it in. So yeah. watch out. And I, I've never not liked Jackie Chan. Yeah, in a movie. like even if I don't like him, he's the guy's made a million movies. A lot of them aren't good. Um, but. Uh, uh, like what was um, not the tuxedo the medallion is that the one with Claire <laughs> yeah. Forlani and the, the so. tuxedo with uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt or is it the other way around the tuxedo definitely had Jennifer Love Hewitt okay and the medallion with Claire Forlani um, I saw one of them I, I don't remember <laughs> which one I saw well, was he wearing a tuxedo <laughs> <laughs> no, or did he have a medallion <laughs> oh both oh boy um, uh, so even when he's in bad movies I, I always like I was like him he's like Joel Schumacher in actor form sure yeah always interesting yeah, so that'll be fun. Uh, Goodbye, Christopher Robin is the new Simon Curtis movie. He's the one who made my week with Marilyn and Woman in Gold. I never saw my week with Marilyn. I saw Woman in Gold. Uh, Wasn't Simon Curtis the Love Actually guy? And then I he, thought he so. made About Time. I thought so. Am Maybe. I right? 
I don't have it in front of me. Hmm. Julie, uh, think of it. No, I know, because um, there's the other guy that sure. I, you might be talking about two different guys, but Is there a Richard remember. Curtis? Ah, mm. it was Richard Curtis. Yeah. So. Never mind. Okay. Simon Curtis, don't care. Okay. Yeah. Um, um, well, actually, it's directed by a guy named Richard Curtis. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Simon Curtis made, as I said, My Week with Marilyn. Yeah, and, which wasn't good. Uh, right. Which I didn't see. And Woman in Gold, which was mostly boring. There are things I liked about my my week with Marilyn, specifically Kenneth Branagh. I thought he... Yeah, and that, I'm a gigantic and, Michelle Williams fan. Yeah, and I thought she was... I thought they did more with her character than I thought they were going to. Um, this, yes, I'm sure it's going to be cheesy as hell, and I'm sure I won't like it, and yet I'm a sucker for anything Winnie the Pooh, and I like Domino Gleeson a lot. Yeah, so Fair this enough. is... So, I don't know, this is the story of Domino Gleeson plays A.A. Milne, and yeah. then his, his son is the is Christopher Robin Milne, who yeah. is uh, based on it. It's about their relationship. And Margot Robbie plays right. uh, the mother. Hmm. Um, and the great Kelly MacDonald is in it. Yeah, there's a lot to a yeah. lot to potentially like about this film, but it could also be just completely tepid. Um, and the boy's name is Will Tilston. Mm, that's fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's no Oaks Fagley, but well, then what is? <laughs> uh, it's no uh, Hilly Myers Shire. <laughs> Hilly Myers yeah. Shire. Oh my God, I can't say <laughs> it anymore. Yeah, I, I can't. Hall- Holly I Myers can't. Shire. Ninja yeah. Myers <laughs> right. Uh, uh, the Florida Project, I'm very much looking forward to because very this much. is the new Sean Baker film right. that I yes. made, Tangerine, um, yes. two years ago, I guess. Um, yes. Feels about right. And he's got, uh, there's a big name in this, right? Willem, Willem Dafoe. Dafoe. Willem Dafoe, yeah. This up and comer Willem Dafoe, yes. Yeah. And it takes place, like, in the, this motel where people live full time because they can't afford first month, last month kind of right. thing. Uh, and it, but apparently the motel's, like, just off, what, Disney World, I assume? Cause yes, of Florida. it is. Um, so I guess Baker was interested in the juxtaposition there. Yeah, and yeah, we love Tangerine. Also, we have to mention that we live like literally two blocks from yes. where all of Tangerine was shot. So that was a very fun movie to watch. But it's a very true portrait of our neighborhood. Very true. Um, R.I.P. Donut Time, though. Yes. yes. Now, now a Trejo's Donuts, though. Yeah. So, um, but, but see, I, I can't remember. I can't remember how long you've lived there because I used to. I used to live in Hollywood. And I used to work right by Donut Time. Um, mm. And I don't know. Were you there before the Walgreens was there? Because yes. it used to be a Del Taco. Yeah. I don't remember the Del Taco. I think were we there? were there while it was like a vacant lot. Okay. Maybe. It was a Del Taco. And the Del Taco was just as much of a, uh, you know, transgender prostitute right. hangout as the donut time. Was. Gotcha. And you now know, it's all gone. Danny Trejo came in and just <laughs> what, what, what a world. Classic <laughs> Trejo. But I, I feel like I may be among the few who actually saw Starlet, his film yeah. before Tangerine, oh, right. which I also really liked. And I feel like he... Like, this is kind of a cliche that a lot of people say, but I feel like he really does have a knack for finding talent. Like, the star, or I guess the second lead of Starlet, isn't like an 87 year old woman who had never acted before, and she was incredible. And he just like finds these people. I think, um, Florida Project, it's Willem Dafoe and these two kids he just found. Yeah. Um, so I feel like he really is great at finding these talents and getting good performances I'm out of them. Great. So, this is, yeah. this is definitely, I haven't made a list of most anticipated, but this is, this one's definitely up there. For sure. Um, not so much up there as My Little <laughs> Pony, the movie. <laughs> Didn't even know that was coming out. Not, yeah. not a brony. Not a brony. Okay. Got a great uh, voice cast though. You got yeah. you got Emily Blunt, Kristen Chenoweth, Sia, Uzo, Uzo, Uzo Aduba, <laughs> and Zoe Saldana. Sure. Yeah. All right. Um, okay. Breathe. Um, I'm gonna give you. I don't know if you know about breathe. I'm gonna give I you. Do I'm gonna know. give you four words here. Yeah. The first four words here. Andy Circus directorial debut. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was. And nothing about it. 
if anything, it seems like the exact opposite of the kind of thing he's interested in because it's about a guy who doesn't move. Um, <laughs> isn't that odd? <laughs> oh, yeah. So, uh, even apart from the motion capture thing, though, he's a very animated actor when he's just playing as himself on screen. Well, you remember like Topsy Turvy? He just acts yeah. like a chicken for some reason. <laughs> yeah. I, just, I remember him in 13 Going on 30. He was the, oh, I didn't know he was the magazine editor. That's right. right? And yes. He's in the, the Prestige and his live action part in King yeah. Kong. He always is very animated. I mean, yes. I don't think the guy has polio the whole movie. <laughs> Fair enough. And before that, oh, he's gesticulating wildly. Just hopping all over Tap the place. dancer. Yeah. 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 On a high wire. Yeah. And Andrew Garfield is the, is yes. the star. Yeah. Um, Julie, what can you tell me about Happy Death Day? Um, not a ton. Um, I'm not the biggest, like, horror person, unfortunately. Um, yeah. But we know it's a horror movie. It's a horror. It's more than I knew two seconds ago. Yes. It's a horror Groundhog Day. Oh, okay. okay. Where a murder victim keeps reliving her last day. Oh, okay. (laughs) Sounds horrible. I mean, I guess that's the idea. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's a horror movie. (laughs) It's literally horrible. (laughs) Um, I'm, I'm intrigued. I do like horror movies. Uh, Only the Brave is uh it's a firefighter movie right it is miles teller yeah i think i'm not sure if this one is based on a gq article like concussion was but i definitely read a gq article about yeah i think it's a true story it also has um jeff bridges and josh brolin i can't think of anyone who flew through the i'm really into this guy and now i'm not more than miles teller or faster than he did yeah it was like first know him from spectacular now or was it (sighs) before that uh he was in rabbit hole um, yeah, he was really great yeah, in that really in a very not Miles Taylor performance right and then I really liked him as his most Miles Taylor performance in Spectacular Now and then ever since then it's just been like I just don't care I'm, I'm yeah. over it yeah uh, I'm, I'm with you I like Spectacular Now I like his performance but as I've said many times in the podcast I have a soft spot for movies about drunks right um, and he's a he's a drunk in that movie uh, the rare teen alcoholic hmm interesting not a character did you never see Spectacular Now I did not oh I think you'd like it I think I probably would too, yes. Who plays his dad? Is it Kyle Chandler? It is. Yeah. I I like that. Also an alcoholic, I believe, in the movie. Yes, in the movie. Yes. (laughs) I don't want to catch it. No, definitely not. Kyle Chandler. I'm sure he has his life very together. There is a film called Drunks uh, that essentially is just a series of monologues delivered by good actors, uh, including Faye Dunaway and Spalding Gray. Hmm. But the lead is Richard Lewis. And it is essentially about a, uh, it's an AA meeting. So everybody's getting up and telling this, their stories. Uh, and Richard Lewis has had a particularly bad day. And so he goes to one meeting and then like gets some bad news from like his wife or his ex-wife or something like that. And then just goes on a full on bender. Uh, and then at the end of the, at the end of the film, he comes to the next meeting and he looks horrible. But there's this moment he says, and everyone says like, uh, I have this many days or whatever. And so Richard Lewis at the end, he shows up and he says like, I'm so-and-so and tomorrow I'll have one day. And it's actually a nice, uh, it's a great performance by him. And, uh, it's a movie that, uh, when did this I, come out? yeah, in the nineties, it was one of those movies huh. that like I saw in high school just cause like it, it had some like good performances in it. And, uh, I, I recommend a video update. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Home of the seven day rental. Turns out everybody else did it too. Anyway. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, Tomas Alfredson, okay. uh, yeah. who made Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, That's right. uh, has a new movie called The Snowman uh, with Michael Fassbender. It's based on a uh, Joe Nesbo thriller who is a Scandinavian crime novelist. Mm-hmm. I think people listening probably know that. He's pretty famous, right? Sure. Uh, 
Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so I recently learned something about this movie that I can't unknow and I can't focus on anything else about don't it. Don't ruin it for us. It's not a spoiler. Okay. It's an, it's Michael Fassbender's character's name. <laughs> it's Harry Hole. <laughs> <laughs> that is a completely true fact. Now, listen, I know it was based on a book in another language, but right. you're doing you gotta a rewrite. A you got to yeah. adapt yeah. it. There are meetings. There are notes. Like, how it lasted through to this stage, I don't know. imagining the cast of Tinker Taylor saying that name, like, as often and then same intonation as they say, like, the circus. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, it's interesting. I was actually just about to comment that Nesbo is a funny last name. Oh. And I realized, oh, <laughs> He's decided to kind of take that and, yeah. and put it onto his characters. That's interesting. But that is, yes, I cannot know that. that so I'm not like immature for finding that kind no. of no. hilarious. Okay. I'm really glad I know now and not like when I'm going to right. see the movie. Yeah. It's right. like as soon as someone says it, I'm like, oh, God, yeah. what are we doing here? He's right. like, I'm an assassin. My name is Harry Hole. <laughs> yeah. Try to guess why I kill people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right, moving on, um, as uh, Chadwick Boseman moves on in his, uh, his, his goal of playing every great American that okay. he can. Uh, and yet not quite being a star transition. yet somehow. Um, is yeah. not, well, I don't feel like he is. Black Panther, Black right? Panther that could probably it. That's going to yeah. change it. Um, but uh, he's pl- in Marshall, he's playing Thurgood Marshall. Yeah. Very hesitant about the involvement of Josh Gad in that movie, though. You can really see Thurgood Marshall like giving up a huge speech, and Gad's in there like, "Oh gosh, that Marshall." <laughs> um, yeah, uh, dressed uh, as a snowman, <laughs> obviously. Right. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I'm not. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm definitely not. It looks a little safe. I yeah. Uh, yes. Um, From the director I, of House Party, though. So that's uh, true. Oh yeah. I recently saw for the first time. That's a great movie. Um, but I was very pleasantly surprised by Get On Up. Um, less so by 42. I didn't think 42 was great. But as far as Chadwick Boseman biopics, he's... Uh, Missed them both. Batten 500. So, uh, <laughs> uh, I saw Get Out twice. I was oh, surprised nice. by how much I liked it. So let's let's take that to 1,000 then. <laughs> yeah. saw the good one twice. So uh, The Mountain Between Us, starring Kate Winslet and Idris Elba. What, what do we think? It looked um, interesting. It's interesting because it actually went through, like, a ton of casting changes, which is kind of bizarre that Kate Winslet and Idris Elba are your yeah. like third choices. Like, yeah. what world are we living in? Um, it's also the first of three Idris Elba movies in a uh, two-month span. Hashtag blessed. So. Yeah. Yeah. No complaints there. Mm-hmm. And I love me some Kate Winslet. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sure. Killing sure. it. Still killing it. Who made it? Um, uh, Hani Abu Asad. Oh. made a movie called Omar that I didn't see. I got nothing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Tyler Perry's Boo 2, A Medea Halloween. Now, this is the one I'm excited about. <laughs> you can keep uh, your mountain between us. Like you know. said, we like horror movies. Indeed, yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, speaking of horror movies, Jigsaw's back in the movie Jigsaw. Really? Which makes it Saw 8? Is that I right? believe so, the yes. Eight Saw I think they got to the point where they're not having a number on right. them anymore because they don't want you I to like know. The last one did for a while. Yeah, the last one didn't have a number either, I know. Really? Did it not? Saw 7? I feel like there was one another Saw movie that did not have a number. Yeah, maybe you're right. The first one? <laughs> mm, that's what I was thinking of. Which is still the only one I've seen is the first one. I'm, uh, I've seen none. None of them. Yeah. Nor have I. Nope. Um, and I think I'm going to keep that tradition going. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Killing of a Sacred Deer is the new Yorgos Lanthimos movie. Looks pretty great. Yeah, I haven't, don't really know much about it, but him yeah, we and Colin Farrell. 
Yeah. Who else is in it? Nicole Kidman. Nicole, Nicole Kidman. Oh, even and more. And it is apparently uh, something of a horror movie itself. Sort right. of. Which is... Which is always like an element of his movies. So. Yes. Yeah. Uh, another movie that I know nothing about except for the director and cast and I'm therefore very excited about is The Square, which is a new movie yeah, from totally. uh, Ruben Ostlund who made Force Majeure oh, three yeah. years ago, I guess. It won the Palme d'Or at Cannes, yeah. which... In recent years, it seems like there's been this trend of the Palme d'Or being like a compromise. And I don't mean that as like my opinion. I mean that as like the jury comes out, seems kind of grumpy, talks privately to the press (laughs) about what they preferred, and you kind of can piece it together yourself. So that happened again this year. Um, I, not that it doesn't seem like a good movie. Yeah, the just reviews like, are pretty strong still. Yeah, it just seems like this kind of weird Palme d'Or trend that's been yeah. happening. It just didn't seem like it was first choice, which is right. fine. Um, interestingly, yeah. even though it has Elizabeth Moss and some other... Dominic West. Yeah, yeah. It's apparently still mostly in Swedish. Yeah. Cool. It is. It's yeah. um, Sweden's... You're, you're only making uh, it more exciting. I know, exactly. Uh, Oscar submission. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, thank you for your service. Is an, another Miles Teller true yeah. story movie with Amy Schumer in a dramatic role. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Since we're not getting her as Barbie, right? Which I want a true loss. Yes. It's okay. So here's where I feel like an asshole, as I tend, <laughs> as I tend to do. I'm sure it's a perfectly fine film, and it could be great. It's a movie about soldiers, like coming home. Hey, I'm a big fan of Best Years of Our Lives. I like Born on the Fourth of July. What about um, coming home? Never saw it actually. Very good. Um, but uh, so you know, there are some amazing movies to be made out of it. But at the same time, as I've said before, I feel like if you're not going to bring anything new to it, and maybe it does, but I have a feeling it doesn't. Like yeah. if you're not going to bring anything new to it, then I feel like it's emotionally exploitative. Um, at this point, like with so many other films and films about Iraq war veterans as well. I don't know. Maybe it's, maybe it's me just being, maybe I'm getting cynical. Maybe I'm just tired of seeing the same thing, not merely from like mainstream Hollywood, but from prestige Hollywood as well. Um, but I could be wrong and, and I'll keep an open mind. If it's great, then I'll say that it's great. But, uh, I don't know. It's just a, I feel gross saying what I just said. Well, and not to get too political about it, but there's a degree to which increasing these movies make me feel like they're just making people comfortable about us being constantly at war by Mm. the fact that we keep valorizing the soldiers Mm. who are being sent off. And as there's been a a new troop increase in Afghanistan, just increasingly it's been harder to stomach these kinds of movies. I mean, I think it's specifically about um, PTSD. I don't know that there's like a ton of movies that have taken that angle of like kind of the modern perception of PTSD. It's also, I think the directorial debut of the screenwriter, of American Sniper. Right. I mean, I like um, American Sniper a lot. Right. It's more dynamic movie than people give credit for. But even that has kind of the ending where, like, whatever he went through, he's a soldier right. and we need to honor him. Right. Right. Yes. Okay. I see, what you, I, I see what you mean. And I think that's one of the things I like about Born on the Fourth of July is that it's this idea is just like, no, I'm yeah. a, this was terrible. Yeah. I'm a, and I'm a human being and I made it out alive. Like, that's huge. Like, just he, he did not. Go, he did not go quietly. I say go as if, he, as if he died. He did not. But like he did not just sit back and say, yes, I'm a soldier and this is what it takes. And I'm sure plenty of people do think that. And I think that's and good for them for being stoic about it. But at the same time, like, yes, it's seeing people as people first. Right. Uh, I think is important. And yes, I, I see what you mean. I'm not sure if I 100 percent agree, but 
at the same time, I guess that's not unlike saying that it's emo- emotionally exploitative. It's saying like, I'm going to push this button yeah, for and sure. you're going to be happy about it because how, what are you against the troops? Yeah. You know, it could be that. So, um, speaking of movies about PTSD, I'm not sure if this is on either of your lists cause it's a very, very tiny release, but there's a movie called blood stripe, which I saw at like two LA film fests ago that is finally getting a oh, tiny, wow. right. tiny theatrical release this October. Um, that is, a, is about P- PTSD. Um, from the point of view of a female Marine coming home. Um, and, uh, it's directed by, I forget which one's the actor, uh, either Remy Abernajois or Rene Abernajois. Who, who's Ren- the older I man? Th- Rene is the, is the dad. Okay. I think, yeah, so I think it's, it's Remy. his son, Remy Abernajois. Um, and it's a really terrific movie. I don't know. It's like I said, it's getting a tinier release, hmm. but people should keep their eyes out for Bloodstripe. It was my favorite thing at two LA film fests ago. Uh, what else, uh, first Julie, then Scott, what else do you have for October? Well, fasten your seatbelts. Um, <laughs> so walking out, got a release date literally today. Um, I think so one of you excited. saw it at David Sundance. Did. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's his. early October. I th- you can listen to the Sundance episode for or more on David's that. Review on yeah. Or read David's review on the I'll, website. Yeah. Tweet that out. By the way, those, um, the, um, the, the brothers who made uh, that, I'm drawing a blank, uh, all of a sudden on their name. Fairly. It's like, it's, yes. I, think, I think it might be like the Smith brothers. Yeah, I think it's yeah. some, yeah. They've made three feature films. I have been at the world premiere of two of them. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Gotta keep it up. Uh, one, I was still in in college, so I didn't go to the Slaughter Rule, which premiered at Sundance, but uh, Winter in the Blood premiered at LA Film Fest hmm. um, in 2013, maybe. Uh, and I was at that, and then I went to the premiere of Walking Out at Sundance. Nice. Um, but Slaughter Rule is one of the uh, great un- underseen movies of uh, that decade of the aughts. Um, which is odd, given that Ron Gosling is a star now that people have not gone back and discovered it. It's still mostly not talked about. And it's a good yeah. performance by him. Yeah. It also uh, brings up a question I often find myself asking while driving around, standing in the shower. Why isn't. Cleo Duvall in more movies anymore. Hmm. Um, well, she's killing it on Veep. She is killing it on Veep. I didn't know um, that. That's fantastic. She, she's been on for a few seasons She's now. killing it. Yeah. Um, we recently saw her at the theater. She seemed uh, happy. I, I saw her on Christmas Eve at the Tam O'Shanter. What'd there she you get go. you? Uh, what's that? <laughs> I said, oh, what'd she get she? you? <laughs> um, she also directed a movie, The Intervention, um, which that she starred came out, in. Which she also starred in. Um, so I think she's doing okay. Yeah. Don't worry like, about Clea Duvall. But I would just like to see. Like, I guess I, the answer is I should watch Veep. Yeah. Yes. Because I miss seeing her in yeah. stuff. <laughs> she was always, yeah. even in like Ghosts of Mars. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's Clea Duvall. It's great. And the intervention was pretty good. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Um, there's also Una, which, oh, yeah. um, so it has Rooney Mara and Ben Mendelsohn. It's based on a play called Blackbird um, that won the Olivier. So it played Telluride in Toronto last year and just sat around. No one wanted to go near it because it's about pedophilia. Yeah. Um, but not even necessarily outright condemning pedophilia because it basically it's like he has a relationship with her when she's 13 and then the movie is about them meeting up again 15 years later but I feel like the relationship was like sort of consensual so it's like kind of I can see why a lot of distributors didn't want to go near it so the one who did was a company called Swen they're a Latin American company and this is their first US release so that got that sat around for a while, but it's finally coming out. I'm excited because I like those actors, and apparently yeah. it's very good. Yeah, um, difficult but good. That's 
Yeah, that's a recipe for me enjoying. No, 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 yeah. enjoying, but Rooney Mara. Uh, Rooney Mara is kind of a fearless actress. Now that I think about it, yeah, like, yeah. It just she's. I realize I've been keeping up with her filmography pretty consistently because yeah. she keeps picking good movies. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then, and I and I think Ben Mendelsohn is is great as well, and I feel like this could be a deeply uncomfortable yeah. film. Mm-hmm. Precisely because there will, mo- there will probably be moments where it does not feel uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah totally. You know, so. um, I think Riz Ahmed is also in a, another oh, internet boyfriend <laughs> um, that I share custody of. Um, there's also Noah Baumbach's new movie, The Meyerowitz Stories, parentheses, new and selected, um, which is coming to Netflix. Um, it's Ben Stiller and Adam Sandler. Yeah. Cool. Um, and Emma Thompson and wow. Imogen Poots. And it's coming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like all those people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's also, for something completely different, we have Finland's official Oscar submission called Tom of Finland, an innocuous title about an artist famous for homoerotic fetish art, which oh. is the official synopsis. So, um, <laughs> not they're definitely different than Tom's of Maine. Yeah, no, they had very different things going. Um, but that's getting very, you know, it's through Kino Lorber. It's like, mm. you know, a prestige picture, but it is, you know, he was a big, you know, artist and kind of uh, pushed a lot of boundaries in that regard. There's also the documentary 78 slash 52, which oh, yeah. is entirely about the shower scene in Psycho. Ooh. It's played um, at Sundance, but showed like at midnight before I was going to leave at 5 a.m. And I was so tempted to go. <laughs> I just couldn't convince myself. Well, if you can wait a month, I you can see it. Um, so it's about how they made it and then kind of its influence on subsequent cinema. Um, there's also 120 beats per minute, which played at Cannes. That was, I think, maybe the favorite to win the Palme d'Or. Um, at least the favorite of Pedro Almodovar and Jessica Chastain, who I trust implicitly <laughs> in all matters. Um, but it's a, basically about... It's kind of the French version of the normal heart. So it's basically about a group of AIDS activists in Paris in, I think, the 90s. So a little bit of a later time period, the European kind of counterpart. Um, apparently, it's very good, you know, huge standing ovation at Cannes. People are really into it. But I think they couldn't swing the whole jury on it. So oh, um, too bad. Quick note on <laughs> Jessica Chastain, because I'm a fan too. But mm-hmm. she has occasionally rubbed me the wrong way, like when she insisted that... Uh, Steven Spielberg had never made a movie, made a movie yeah. with a female lead, which didn't bother me quite as much as Wasn't that she, was not her. That was not her. That was Elizabeth Banks. That was Elizabeth um, Banks. Okay, well then... Uh, Just can't tell women apart, can no. <laughs> uh, But this was Jessica Chastain, I'm sure, um, who really, uh, on Twitter, shaded the idea that people sit at bars alone. She's like, I always see people sitting at bars alone in movies. Who does this? And so every time I'm sitting well, at a bar at alone, Jessica Chastain's which is, privilege which is <laughs> always has a friend around. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when I am multiple times a week sitting at a bar, alone, I'm, like, I'm always like grinding my teeth. Like, fuck you, Jessica. <laughs> but then Natalie, my wife pointed out that that is a bit of male privilege, perhaps. And it is True. less easy for a woman to sit at a bar alone. So, uh, I can imagine the tweet being like, come on, don't you guys have any hangers on? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. get the program here. Yeah, where's your valet? Um, <laughs> so fuck Jessica Chastain and fuck Elizabeth Banks. <laughs> In conclusion. <laughs> um, so if, if her recommendation is not to your taste, David, perhaps you will enjoy The Orchard's other release from that date, which is called The Work. It's a documentary about group therapy at Folsom Prison. So if you want stories oh, about right. men... <laughs> about you know you're saying because I can't tell two white ladies apart <laughs> that I'm a misogynist that was your words not mine <laughs> um, 
but it, this the documentary won um, the documentary prize at South by Southwest and is apparently very intense and emotional. So could be good. And I think that uh, wraps it up for me for October. October. Got to mention the new Agnes Varda movie, Faces Places. Cool. All about the new Agnes Varda movie. Uh, Newly crowned. Yes. Uh, I enjoy this cadence. <laughs> I really like it. Just talk like that more often. I'll keep going with it. Got to mention Novitiate, which I saw at Sundance. Pretty good. That's a, that's a nun movie, right? That's a nun movie. There's nuns. Talking about nun things. Although, speaking of... Uh, not being able to tell white ladies apart. I couldn't tell you who's in that cast. It's like every Margaret young, Qualley, it's yeah. every young white lady. It's Diana Agron. Don't you love Diana Agron? I actually yeah. do love Diana. Yes. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Melissa from, Leo. Okay. Not young, but white. Uh, yeah. Aside from the two young ladies you mentioned, though, I can't remember who else is in the cast. I think it's mostly fairly newcomers. But well, no. You got anything else? Because I'm gonna. Oh man. Uh, no, I have nothing else. I'm out of else. Uh, Leanna Liberato. Doesn't ring a bell. Um, she was in that movie. Uh, I think this is her. She was in the movie Trust that um, David Schwimmer directed. Oh, yeah. Right. I think that was her. Yes. Um, Julian Nicholson. We know who Julian yes. Nicholson is. Right. I was thinking of the younger yeah, women. Yeah, you're right. Oh, Morgan Saylor from uh, Homeland and from uh, White Girl. News was, to me. Um, yeah. So uh, I guess you guys just don't have your ear to the ground the way I do. Hey, I know who Margaret Qualley is. Ashley Bell is in the movie? Sure. Sure, yeah. Ashley Bell. Hell yeah. From uh, The Last Exorcism and from Carnage Park. Okay. Scream Queen. Yeah, Ashley Bell. Uh, She doesn't scream in the movie, I don't think. Okay. No, it's pretty overwrought. Maybe she did. Yeah. Yeah. All right, I guess that's all the white ladies. But there's a lot of white ladies, obviously. I mean, it's a nun movie in 1963. Right. (laughs) What do you expect? Yeah. Uh, I didn't see it at Sundance. I saw the other nun movie, The Little Hours. Right. Um, and uh, okay, let's move on to the November then. Right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, are we excited for Coco, the new Pixar movie? I think I so. Oh man, yeah. I forgot that was they had a movie. No, oh, <laughs> he's a Grinch who doesn't like Pixar. I'm so over it's it. Fine. Who's the famous voice cast that's going to be completely unconvincing for us? Gail Garcia Bernal and Benjamin Bratt. Not going to be convincing. Convincing like, as what? Of human a people? <laughs> going like, to sound like a customer service representative. Came to that conclusion recently. All celebrity voices in anime movies sound like customer service representatives. Think about it. Who are you talking to on customer service? <laughs> They're just very emphatic. Oh, uh, Holly Hunter. <laughs> okay. <laughs> They're very emphatic, and uh, they make sure the pronunciation is very clear, and there's not a lot of humanity there. Very, very robotic. So you don't ones. like animated films now is what you're saying. I don't like them that just cast celebrities. Oh, okay. give me a well, voice actor. Sure, sure. Absolutely. Who's experienced with using a voice okay. to create emotion. I'm, I'm generally with you. It doesn't keep me from being excited about yeah. Coco, which I'm excited about. I like the whole Day of the Dead thing. Although, wasn't there an animated Day of the Dead movie? Yeah, uh, the Book of Life. Yeah, Guillermo del Toro produced. Yeah. Although, and it's interesting because I actually was uh, reading about certain responses about uh, Coco uh, to Coco, uh, and someone said. Like there is there is offense and then there was offense at the offense. So there are people that just said like Pixar's just ripping off this other film. Okay, so that's the first one. Uh-huh. Then there's the second one, it's just like, oh, so I'm sorry, can there not be two Day of the Dead films? <laughs> I think I'm with that second person. Yeah, yeah the second one's like, oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, so I'm trying to think of now I'm trying to think of like celebrities that I think did a, uh, Albert Brooks, Albert Brooks. And, and you know what? Yeah, that was fine. I'll say, uh, Ed Asner in up, I think does a pretty good job. That was fine. So, so middle-aged, old, old men, middle-aged <laughs> men who cannot hide, uh, their <laughs> yeah. roughness, I think are pretty good. 
Um, I'm pretty excited for people to catch up with Mudbound, a movie that I saw. Yeah, this totally. I liked quite a bit. I liked it too. Um, yeah, I think it's currently probably still in my top ten of the year so far. I imagine once I get through this, uh, you know, barrage of movies in the next few months, it might fall out of the top ten. But uh, Mudbound is uh, D. Reese's new movie. It's about a. Uh, it takes place in the 1930s. Is that right? Um, I believe so. I th- maybe even 20s because I feel like they're coming back from World War. No, they're coming up from World War Two. Okay, so it's the forties. Yeah. Okay. Um, so a white family from a southern city buys a farm out in the I can't remember what state it's in, but uh, muddy state. A muddy state. Yes. And living on the farm is a family of black sharecroppers who essentially, once they buy the property, they become essentially, I guess, like employees, yeah. right, of the white family. And so the movie is a is a movie about two families. Yeah. Um, and I had not seen much acting work from Mary J. Blige. I remember when she played herself on Entourage. Um, <laughs> but uh, she's, uh, I'm going to use it like sort of corny uh, critic's word, but I would say Mary J. Blige is a revelation in this movie. Yeah, she's very good. And the movie takes some inter- takes that premise in very interesting directions. And I feel like they've done a good job of not tipping their hat to that mm-hmm. in terms of selling the movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Thor Ragnarok. The new Taika Waititi. Cautiously optimistic, as always um, happens with Marvel. For those following along at home, this is Idris Elba, film number two of three. (laughs) Oh, so uh, Heimdall, right? Yes. Just keeps guarding that gate. Keeps guarding it. Yeah, uh, I am... am, Here's why I'm I'm genuinely optimistic about it, although I'm open to being disappointed, (laughs) which I guess is kind of a theme in my life at the moment. Um... So Marvel, yes, they they sand the rough edges off, but they do seem in the last few years to be willing to take a couple more risks, at least visually. I think Doctor Strange has a lot of stuff and some some sensibilities that, at the very least, play with the standard formula of a superhero movie. Uh, and then I think, though I do, there's not a lot in in Ant Man that I like. Again, the action sensibilities of it yeah. are actually quite creative and fun, and I think this one definitely the the tone of it feels different. At least I hope it does. Uh, and so, so I'm I'm optimistic. I feel like no, I think knowing that the movies are going to make a fair amount of money, <laughs> I think they're willing to allow the directors to take a little bit more risk. Not a lot, but a little bit. Yeah, the one thing I can't figure out with these movies is the muted color palette that they've used on everything for the last few years. It just looks ugly. This one seems, looks pretty vital, yeah. I thought. I, this one looks like it might be pushing things a little bit better, but vibrant it really came... Vibrant is what in, I meant. What? Vibrant is yes. what I meant. Sorry. <laughs> uh, it, it really came into... No, I think I heard vibrant. I think my mind was yeah. correct. <laughs> <laughs> uh, after seeing Spider-Man Homecoming, though, like so much of that movie takes place at night, and you just can't tell what's going on. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that climax is... It's, it's a mess. It's incomprehensible. A mess. Yeah. yeah. Oh. As a, but you know what? Guardians 2 actually had some nice uh, visual uh, yeah. elements yeah, to it as well. Yeah, so, so yeah, I'm... Uh, my hope is that, like, kind of as they go more cosmic, yeah. I yeah. guess, they're, they're tends to be trying a better to be end. more, more I think fun. that's... I think they realized... You know, the second Thor movie was like so serious for a lot of it. And I think they realized that like Thor is inherently kind of ridiculous. Yes. And they're leaning into that. And I'm like, that is correct. Yeah. And so. if it weren't for the success of the Guardians movies, I think they'd probably still be going with serious Thor. Yeah. Right. So. Well, and he's a little goofier in the Avengers movies and people kind right. of respond to that. So yes. they probably noticed that as well. Yes. And also, the, when has when has watching Cate Blanchett ever been a waste of anyone's time? It's true. Um, I haven't seen a Thor movie since the first one. I remember the Kenneth Branagh stuff being both 
serious, but also not having that dull color palette. But this was this was like this was pre Disney. Yeah, Marvel. this was like their third movie too. Yeah, yeah. There's, it, was a, it was a Paramount release. I yeah, they're still shooting on film. Uh, yeah, um, but uh, yeah, I, w- I guess I wish uh, Disney would let them let Kenneth Branagh get back in there and make it a, a big lush, uh, you know, psycho Shakespearean. <laughs> Uh, psychedelic thing. All right, um, moving on to another great movie uh, from Sundance. Call Me by Your Name, the new yeah. Guadagnino uh, uh, movie. It's terrific. I can't deal with how much you guys are just talking about how great it is. <laughs> it's so, it's Every crazy. now and again, I'll just mention to her, uh, Call Me by Your Name is pretty great. Just and I'm just like, put her. me in cryo until it comes out. It's all I want from this life. November 24th. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, it stars. Um, uh, Army Hammer and Timothy Chalamet, Chalamet. and Michael Stuhlbarg, uh, and Michael Stuhlbarg. Oh, yeah, like all right. Uh, but yeah, it's a it's a sort of a it's I guess it's reductive to say it's a gay coming of age romance, but I guess that's if you're going to put it in a like yeah. Netflix category. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, there's also you know it skirts some of the uncomfortable age. I think yeah, it's interesting. They're supposed to be bit. closer in age than they appear to be. Yeah. Um, which is a little hard to get over, but you get, I got over it pretty yeah, quickly. Yeah, me too. Especially because, um, to be frank, the sex scenes are super hot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, I, but I've seen, like, uh, it was something that I got over very quickly in the movie because yeah. I think the movie makes Army Hammer, you know, uh, makes it clear he's a college student. Right. So it's, he's younger. He, he's um, actually not that old. Yeah. No, I know, but he reads older he than sure yeah. does. How old is Especially, Timothy well, Chalamet um, supposed to be? I forgot to mention, he's still wearing the age makeup from J. Edgar. Um, <laughs> oh, boy. Right. And like the end of J. Edgar. Oh, well, it was like that Twilight Zone. They took it off, but his face had faded to it. Uh, um, I think Tony Chalamet is supposed to be like 17. 17, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's wonderful. I forgot what I was going to say something else about it, but uh, I really liked it. Um, uh, oh yeah, just I've seen people like I was saying I had forgotten about it, and then I've seen people as trailers are coming out being like, "Right, uh, this is gross." Like, uh, and I'm like, "Oh yeah, this is there is an age difference." It's a little, um, but Timothy Chalamet, by the way, was in uh, Miss Julie, Miss, Miss Stevens, Julie, uh, Miss Stevens, um, directed by Julie. I'm Miss Julie, um, <laughs> and so was Jessica Chastain, right? Or was that Elizabeth? That Banks? was yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, anyway, um, but Timothy Chalamet was great in Miss Stevens, um, and uh, I feel like I got it on the ground floor on, on this on this kid. Yeah, Timothy Chalamet, hipster over here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this is something that occurs to me from time to time. Yeah. Uh, Call me by your name as a title. Yeah, it's a good title. It is. Odd sentiment. Unless, like, I think it's the title the of the book. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but if that is. helps, I don't think that changes Tyler's it, bring, it, right. it comes up in yeah. the drama of the movie. Okay. And yeah, I think it's like very effectively titled. Okay. Yeah. So, like, if I said, hey, David, call me by your name from now on, <laughs> yeah. that'd be weird. It'd be David and David. Yes. So, I guess I'll have to wait and see. But what if he yeah. says the same thing to you? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, spoiler alert, that's what happens in the movie. Oh, okay. It'll be like Persona. You guys will just switch lives. Okay. I remember remember once, uh, because I had seen Persona as a function of uh, movie night. Uh, Josh had had shown it, and I remember the way he described it once. Josh Long, Josh Long, sorry. Uh, And he he said, you know, it's all about like, why am I me and not you? And I remember being like, I I don't know, Josh. Because it's just the way things fucking turned out, all right? Because like like, I remember. 
I remember Colin Marshall also used to do a lot of that. Like I remember right. it was like a party of yours where he was there with his uh, then girlfriend. It's me. Uh, uh, David. Me. Yes. Sorry. We're um, not all just shooting the shit. Here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's so casually. <laughs> no, I forget. Yeah. Um, and uh, Colin was talking. We were talking about movies and good. And he goes, he goes, you know, he goes, but when you think about it, like, what is it? Like, what is a bad movie? And I was like, it's a movie that's not good. <laughs> Colin, come on, man. Like, we're having a conversation here. Yeah. So, but uh, look, I recognize we can be academic. It's fun. Yeah. But at the same time, it's also really fun to just cut through the bullshit. <laughs> yeah. So. But had Colin, had, had Colin not yet seen My Week with Marilyn? Maybe that's the point. <laughs> okay, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, moving on to Zack Snyder's Justice, Justice League. Sorry. I keep forgetting that's so I soon. I know, right? I keep forgetting yeah. it exists. We're still all basking in the Wonder Woman afterglow. That's true. And there's a, and Joss Whedon took over uh, yeah. for yeah. a good portion of it, right? Enough yeah. to get a writer's credit, so okay. that's 30% or more. Not yeah. necessarily. That's if it's arbitrated. If everyone in the production just agrees he should get a writer's credit, it can oh. be hmm, one line, you know? True. I guess it never hurts to have the the main yeah. Joss Whedon to fit well. Yeah. Maybe now, but I had I had <laughs> right, heard right. that he was doing a lot. Yeah, yeah, it's, it does seem that way. Yeah, yeah, I'll see it because I feel like I fucking have to. Yeah, even as someone who liked Batman v Superman and loved Wonder Woman, I'm having a hard time rousing enthusiasm for this. There are a couple things here and there from the trailer. Yes, I'm kind of a sucker for that I'm rich line. Right. I think, I think Ben Affleck delivers it well. Yeah, I like I, everything he does. I do really like Ben Affleck as Batman, yeah. so that is that is a draw. Okay. Right. Um, a Bad Mom's Christmas. I never saw the first Bad Mom. I missed it. Uh, Last Flag Flying is an original Linklater movie starring Steve Carell, Brian Cranston, and Lawrence Fishburne as Vietnam vets. And it's a sequel to yeah. The Last Detail. That's right, yes. Oh, I So it's those three actors. So The Last Detail is a movie from 1973 by yeah. Hal Ashby. A great movie. A great movie starring, I'm going to forget one of them, but Jack Nicholson, Dennis Quaid. Randy Quaid. Randy Quaid <laughs> and another person yeah um so basically this is a sequel to that starring Lawrence Fishburne Steve Carell and Brian Cranston as the same characters all those years later and apparently the reason that Linklater Linklater yeah um said he wanted to make this is because he was making Everybody Wants Some and in the process of doing that he was hanging out with a lot of his old baseball buddies from college Hmm. and he was interested to see how after all those years in between, some things changed in the group dynamic and some things didn't. And he wanted to kind of explore that on a larger canvas. So that's why he decided to make that. So I'm into it. Yeah, that's a good premise. Still has Brian Cranston in it. So it's a little, yeah. a little hesitant. Yeah. I feel like I we've had be- this conversation several times on the podcast. Yeah. A little hesitant. Yeah. Um, and Steve Carell. Pretty hesitant. Also super hesitant about The Man Who Invented Christmas, in which Dan Stevens plays Charles Dickens. <laughs> I just saw... Christopher Plummer plays Ebenezer Scrooge. I'm just sad because Dan Stevens is very good-looking and keeps putting on these stupid <laughs> wigs, and I just can't with it. Yeah. Did anyone but me... This is going to be the subject. Did anyone but me see the movie where Ray Fiennes played Charles Dickens? Oh, uh, The in- Invisible Woman? I think that's what it was called. It wasn't a great movie. It's a great performance. He okay. through, He directed that's right. the, the movie, and he's terrific in the movie. It's not that good overall. Mm. Uh, I don't know where... Dan Stevens is obviously playing a... Charles Dickens at a younger age than Ray Fiennes did. With more hair. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's how you know he's younger. Yes. <laughs> That's movie parlance for he's younger. <laughs> yes. Uh, and if he coughs, that means he's going to die of cancer. Right. Yes. Um, or consumption, or, in yes, the case yes. maybe. Uh, TB yep. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, I, saw, I just on Facebook saw like, uh, an odd advertisement for this film, which uh, Christopher Plummer is like talking to me. 
uh, and describing <laughs> okay. the movie. And I was like, I haven't seen this since like a Christian film. Uh, they do that a lot. Okay. Um, and so uh, it sounded, you know, maybe not. In- well, it sounds interesting. I don't know how sure. good it sounds, but it sounds interesting. And I, hey, Christopher Plummer is Ebenezer Scrooge. You could do worse than that. That's yeah. true. In fact, I would prefer just yeah, adaptation say, of a Christmas yeah. carol with say the same Christopher Plummer. Yeah. Um, my friend Dahmer, which is about yep. a teenage Jeffrey Dahmer. Sure is. Yeah. Isn't this based on a comic book? Yeah, a graphic novel. So. Yeah. But a, a graphic novel memoir. It was actually, right. It was actually written by someone who was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Who was who went to high school with yeah. Jeffrey yeah. Dahmer? Yeah. I uh, I'm intrigued by it. I just hope it doesn't get into that thing where he's like constantly seen like with a knife just like in the corner and like yeah. all these like foreshadowing things. You're like, I'm gonna kill someone someday. Yeah. I hope so too. Uh, Roman Israel Esquire is the new movie from uh, Dan Gilroy. All your guys' favorite guy. Scott's favorite movie, Nightcrawler. Just everyone loves Dan Gilroy. Uh, I, I mean, love, I love Nightcrawler. it has Denzel Washington. Can you be I too know. mad about that? I do love me Even some Denzel. though he's wearing these ridiculous glasses. Like, they released these, this key art. He's wearing these huge glasses and being completely overwhelmed by a stack of books. And I'm like, is this like his first day of high school? What is this? <laughs> I don't know. I like, I like dorky Denzel. What, what's the press? Of, when else has he been dorky? Like, I'm trying to well, like, I don't know think. If dorky is the right word, but like, I, I'm, like in the Manchurian candidate, he's kind of like, yeah. uh, I don't want to say, like neutered maybe is the word to, to use. Yeah, and I also brought like, up. He's like, such a virile actor to right. be kind of like hesitant and, uh, you know, unsure of himself. In the Taking a Pelham remake, there's a bit too. of that, yeah. Okay. That's a movie that I don't think is that particularly good, but I do think about it a lot. Interesting. I love the first one, obviously, right. but uh, but there are elements, and I think Denzel is a big part of it, and I remember really like James Gandolfini. I mean, of course. Um, but uh, I don't think it's a movie I'll ever watch again, though. Yeah. Maybe that's why I'm th- Maybe if I were to watch it again, I'd stop thinking about <laughs> yeah. it. But anyway, sorry. Okay, so we've had Wonder Woman. We've talked about Professor Marston and the Wonder Woman. Now we've got Wonder, right. directed by Stephen Chbosky, who made The Perks of Being a Wallflower. And starring Jacob Tremblay and Julia Roberts. And Owen Wilson. And Owen Wilson. I mm. saw the trailer and couldn't believe it was a real movie. <laughs> so it's funny you should mention that because it was originally going to come out in April and then it just tested off the charts so they moved it into award season. Oh, yeah. I don't know if that was a good idea. Right. <laughs> the old people in the audience could not wait for this movie when the trailer showed. So here's a, along those lines. As long as we're uh, being superior to old people, let's, <laughs> let's keep that going. So I, uh, over the summer, I interned with uh, Stephen Farber for his Real Talk with Stephen Farber right. series at the Landmark here in Los Angeles. And uh, by his own admission, the, uh, the audience is predominantly older. Uh, and he was very, very right uh, <laughs> when, I, when I first showed up. And... At the end of the series, everybody votes on like their three favorite movies, and the movie that he and I predicted would be their favorite is also the one that we thought. I didn't. I sorry, I was out of town. I didn't see the film, but I had heard so many terrible things about it, and he didn't really like it that much at all. Uh, which was the only was it the only living boy in New York, mm-hmm. and that won by a wide margin, <laughs> right. which was really unfortunate because there were some really great movies. But he said like, yeah. They just don't really like being challenged that yeah. much. I mean, that being said, though, wouldn't they still see it in April? I feel like they're chasing a different demographic if they're pushing it in this prime. Well, real I wonder if, well, especially as the academy has gotten younger. Uh, yeah, right? yeah. But I also wonder if they tested it with old people and it tested really well and they didn't think it through from there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, could be, could be. Well, it's uh, so. Uh, what's it about? So doesn't Jacob Tremblay play like a kid who has scars or something? Yeah, on his face? Uh, yeah. He basically has like facial disfigurement, okay. and it's. I think he was homeschooled for a while, but it's about him starting at like a real school, and he's ostracized and bullied. But okay. his parents try to help him through it. I like Jacob, Jacob Tremblay. I mean, I haven't seen him in much, but I remember loving him in Room, yeah, and right. I feel like his scenes are probably going to be pretty solid. But. I feel like a script like that could just be so incredibly obvious. Yep. That's the way it looks. So, yep. It's unfortunate. So, um, three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Now I'm kind of excited for oh, it. Yeah. Well, not that anyone is asking anyone to choose sides, but I'm more of a John Michael McDonough guy than a Martin McDonough guy, and this is a Martin McDonough film. Also, I don't Did know if it see- bothers me, but Ebbing, Missouri is not a real place. Like, I kind of like that. Okay. It's a state of mind. <laughs> Did you ever right. see In Bruges, though? I feel like uh, I never saw In Bruges. Yeah, so well, that's then, why you're not then, a Martin. Yeah. Because I saw Seven Psychopaths, yeah. and I really, really didn't like Seven Psychopaths. It's not great. In Bruges um, is in Bruges. pretty great. Yeah. Okay. But I mean, uh, not, and I, not that I'm, I, I do hope to see it someday. I'll get around to it someday. <laughs> but um, The Guard and, and Calvary are both... Uh, wonderful movies Calvary especially even though I bought the Blu-ray because I was like I love this movie so much and I can never seem to find myself in the mood <laughs> to sit through Calvary again because it is a yeah. tough fucking sit but uh, it's also super funny um, but uh, anyway we're not talking about John McMuckdown here um, we're, we're talking, talking about, about Francis McDormand exactly. we're talking about Francis McDormand and a great cast all around that's but right. it's it's any movie that's any movie that's based around her is going to be fine yeah. yeah and I feel like she's probably going to win a lot of awards which is great but I also feel like this may be overanalyzing but I feel like when women win awards for that kind of performance part of me can't help but feel that it's coming from a sexist place like oh my god look at that woman she's swearing isn't that outrageous like I just feel the like the trailer really leans into it and makes me a yeah. little skeptical about the movie I'm just trusting McDonough to actually have no, something else I'm, going on I'm trusting it to be good but I feel like unfortunately that's why a lot of those performances get oh yeah no I'm agreeing with you yeah I'm saying that they're clearly selling it that way because they know it appeals to people yeah and it's like look if she's gonna get more awards for it that's great I just feel like I wonder if people are viewing it through that lens and that's kind of a bummer I wonder if it's it's interesting it it could be going with uh, assuming that what you're saying is is correct it could be sexist it could also be a little bit ageist because it's always like old people swearing are you kidding me yeah so it could be that as well but Mm -hmm. I've heard great things about her I've heard really great things about Sam Rockwell Mm -hmm. uh, and the cast all around delivering lines by that writer I think is exciting to me okay um what about uh, speaking of distinctive writers uh, Molly's Game is Aaron Sorkin's directorial yeah. debut. Boy. This is Idris Elba 3 of 3. I was <laughs> okay. keeping up with that. Um, it's also that uh, hateful Jessica Chastain. <laughs> um, oh, you'll get yours, Chastain. <laughs> she came into <laughs> our office once idea. and was the most angelic, wonderful human of being course. I've ever met, by the way. Of Just course. putting that up Flanked there. by people, I would assume. Uh, no. Oh, by herself. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, did you clearly not going to drink it that day? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I you know I go back and forth on Aaron Sorkin. I'm a huge fan of some of his uh, some of his stuff uh, movies. He's like A Few Good Men and The American President and The West Wing and to some extent Sports Night, uh, which hasn't aged that well. Um, but I also am not sure he's a guy that I want to have a camera. What's the movie about again? So uh, it's, that's, that's what I was going to say. That's the thing I'm excited okay. about. It's this crazy story. So this woman, it's a true story. She was like the eighth best skier in the world. 
got an injury, couldn't do that anymore, made the natural progression to start running high stakes poker games. All right. And became, she had like the biggest underground poker game in the country and then got, was being like chased by the FBI or something. I'm on board. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Also, I don't know if this is going to make the movie, but in her, like her autobiography, whatever that she wrote, uh, um, a few stories about Tobey Maguire being a complete fucking monster. <laughs> I don't know if you've read about. Oh, it. I really hope that's. Uh, a, oh, I hope he plays himself. Uh, yeah, because so apparently great. he's a big poker player and he right. plays for games. And there's just stories about it, just him just being such a shit. <laughs> <laughs> Here's my thing. I feel like the absolute worst thing that could happen to an Aaron Sorkin screenplay is to have him directed. I think he does. <laughs> Like, think of the stuff that he's written that we all like the most. Yeah. It is a very disciplined director and totally. one who's not prone to going off on flights of fancy. Uh, not to say that they are incredibly grounded or anything like that, but I do think that, you know, his uh, Sorkin's prose is often very high minded and you need somebody to kind of pull that down and he won't. Yeah. And so I feel like it's it could be absolutely insufferable That's even so if afraid. even if it's a good story i think the exception to that is the direction on the west wing especially tommy shlami sure um, who could tap into like this kernel of like emotion and earnestness that drove a lot of those speeches and stuff yeah yeah but that rob, takes a rob reiner did that, that he oh, i've never actually never seen a few good men um and american, american president is also yeah. oh, I, I haven't seen that since i was like both, there's a lot of magic there's a lot of right. you know, old hollywood type of magic in those movies and that requires a certain type of touch that i don't know a first time director would necessarily yeah. have and i think it requires uh, very disciplined actors and i yeah. think the west wing benefited from a really great cast right that all seem to get together and say all right look we recognize we're all written exactly the same right okay <laughs> let's try let's all make a pact here to differentiate our ourselves and our performances uh which is that's one of the things that gets me about sports nights i feel like they don't mm. do that quite mm. enough um but yeah so who's who's in this aside from Idris Elba? Uh, jessica Ch- chastain jessica chastain okay that's yeah. right jerk okay. um speaking of jerks uh mel gibson's bad we're all okay with mel gibson <laughs> apparently he's in daddy daddy's home too um look i've said before i believe in forgiveness <laughs> and I'm not necessarily need to go see daddy's home too well you never yeah. saw the first one so how you ever it won't make any sense. how do you know I'm fairly sure you never saw the first one. No, I never saw the first one. Yeah, that's the thing. My forgiveness can extend to uh, Apocalypto. I yeah. think it might run out around Daddy's Home too. Yeah. Uh, but, okay, I mentioned Florida Project being very high on my most anticipated list. Right up there with it is Lady Bird. Yes. Which is Greg right. Gerwig's directorial debut starring Saoirse Ronan. Oh. Yeah. And it I, is. I like I can't oh, wait. It is loosely um, autobiographical of Greta Gerwig's own life. Um, the buzz out of Telluride is huge, perhaps even hyperbolic. They're like, right. it's going to win all the Oscars, and I'm like, you're overestimating their investment in female stories. Um, <laughs> but I, yeah, I'm very excited. Good and combo. She apparently directed a good portion of Frances Ha. Right. Um, that she is, I guess express some bitterness about not being credited for but anyway that's encouraging yeah yeah Francis was great and it also has um Laurie Metcalf oh um, yes. as the character's mother oh and yeah I like both of those yeah. I like I, I think Sarah Sharonin is marvelous mm-hmm. yeah um and then Laurie Metcalf is someone I haven't seen in a movie in a long time but I remember really I like her yeah, a lot what is she, well, I know she's she's a 
recurring on the Big Bang Theory. I don't know if you know that she plays right. Sheldon's mother on the Big Bang yeah, Theory. Yeah, she's I've been doing a lot of seen in hotel rooms. She's been doing a lot of theater. I know she was on Broadway, and I actually saw her in a play in L.A. a couple years ago, yeah. um, where she played opposite a man pretending to be an ape, um, <laughs> okay. and just killed it. So. Yeah. She, uh, going back like 10 years, she used to see comedy shows at the UCB Theater a lot. Oh, that's to, awesome. I used to see her at the UCB that's great. Uh, fairly often. Did we, have the, um, did we have the podcast going at that point? Uh, <laughs> that's unforgivable that you yeah. did not tell her that she I, needed to be I on. I can't do that. You know, you know me. I, I don't have that in me. I'm glad this year's uh, show we're on things working out. I know you guys aren't the biggest fans of Entonement, but that's a pretty striking she's good announcement it, yeah. to the world. No. Uh, and she's just kept on being great. Keeps riding the train. Yeah. You, yeah. You'd expect her to peter out at some point, but she's still great. And effortlessly so. Like there's yeah. like there's something so fascinating about her performance in Brooklyn, which is my favorite movie of that year, that she just has this quality to her that she's incredibly watchable. And sometimes, like in Hannah, she can be very intense, but other right. times like, no, I'm gonna be a light as a feather. Yeah. She's very charming. Yeah. Okay, speaking of Oscar Buzz, uh, Gary Go- Gary Oldman plays Winston Churchill in Darkest Hour. Oh. Joe Wright, baby. It's a movie that- I'm in. Can't wait. I can't tell if you're being sarcastic or no. I not. love Joe Wright. I assure you, he's not. Right. And uh, this has been also getting very heavy buzz. People are really into yeah, the movie, which so. I was interested to see because it looked kind of like generic British yeah, totally. white guy biopic. But like yeah. it premiered at Telluride, people are very, very into it. Very into Gary Oldman. So yeah, yeah. it does seem like a living <laughs> awards campaign. <laughs> I know, yeah. but all Joe Wright's movies seem that way. They've all been great. Except for Pan. Uh, I didn't see Pan. Well, you know, I liked Pride and Prejudice just fine. Yeah, Pride and Prejudice is great. I didn't like Atonement. I never saw Han. Well, and Han is great. I like how much he completely undercut the award stuff with Anna Karenina, which yeah. I absolutely yeah. adore. It's, yeah, that's um, his best movie, oh, easily. Yeah. I, liked, yeah. I, I think I liked yeah. Anna Karenina more than I didn't. Yeah. yeah. And it's, <laughs> if I remember correctly, I think it's, I, it's a big win, I guess. It hasn't stuck that well in my memory. But okay. I think I remember uh, thinking, well, and that was like, Donald Gleason is in that, right? Oh, yeah. probably. And that he was is. like before he was, yeah, a guy. I, in yeah, um, I, Anna Karenina. Yeah, I think um, Alicia Vikander's in it as well. She is. Yeah, yeah, but I already seen her in a royal affair. I was well, much okay. like Timothy Chalamet. Yeah. She's, oh, she's old news by come on. early adopter. I was on the Alicia <laughs> Vikander uh, train pretty early, but Donald Gleason, I was, uh, yeah, that, and then he was in um, the uh, the aforementioned Calvary, right? Um, where he doesn't play Brendan Gleeson's son. Right. <laughs> but he is in it. Seems uh, like he was an also, oversight. <laughs> <laughs> he was also in an episode of Black Mirror, the original. Uh, oh, okay. Well, and he was in uh, a couple of the later Harry Potter movies. Oh, that's right. Bill Weasley. Yes, that's right. But, uh, yeah, so about Gary Oldman. Um, obviously a wonderful actor, but as we also, as I have said before, it bothers me. And I think I've said it before with Scott here mm-hmm. for some reason. Um, it's, uh, when I say for some reason, I mean, I don't know why we keep inviting him back. Yeah, fair um, yeah it, if somebody wants to gain weight for a role, go get him. And if people want to want to award, uh, reward that with a nom- an Oscar nomination or something, absolutely go get him. It does bother me when I feel I feel kind of similar to like uh, when Anthony Hopkins wore a, a fat suit, but I felt slightly better about it because he's not rail thin the way Gary Oldman is, and it just feels like there are so many there are actors that fit the role better physically, right? And it just 
it felt like, yes, 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 but you don't understand, Tyler. Those are fat guys. <laughs> no, no, no. We like to reward good-looking people. <laughs> Marty was a long time ago, and uh, we don't like to do that. So we're going to award this uh, very charismatic, well-known uh, star, and we'll just put a fat suit on him, and then it will be acceptable that he is fat, because he can just take that off, and it's, it's better. It bothers me. So, clearly, it bothers me a lot. No, I do hear where you're coming from. Um, like I, I would not make the, uh, I wouldn't make like the blackface uh, argument. That's ridiculous. But I think but it's, this, it does seem similar to. I think we talked about this before to yeah, the yeah. idea of cis actors playing trans characters. Sure. Uh, you know the difference, and you know I'll be the first one to say it because I've got a bit of a spare tire uh, on. You know, so I can I'll speak for more of you to love. Uh, <laughs> really, I view it very differently. <laughs> um, so. Uh, yeah, uh, so I'll speak for the, the, the overweight out there. So, like, I do recognize that, yes, it is a different situation when, like, you can lose weight. Mm-hmm. You know, most people can. Uh, it could be, like, a glandular thing. But, like, you can do that. Uh, and so I do recognize that, in many ways, my being overweight is a choice. It's one that I regret making every single day of my life. But uh, hmm. so that's the thing is I, it just feels like so I recognize it's not exactly the same. But it is bothersome to me that they went with a wonderful actor who I yeah. no doubt will. I have no doubt who will yeah. play the part great. But you at the same Mark time, like, just sitting there. He's just the sitting phone. there, just <laughs> waiting. They got Brian Cox and a bad one earlier this year. You know, they've already tapped Brendan Gleeson. They've already tapped Albert Finney. But yeah, he's right there. Just waiting. Uh, no, uh, Tom Wilkinson. He could do it. That's true. And they already got uh, Timothy Spall as well. So yeah. They are running out, admittedly. <laughs> but Because uh, it also has to be of a certain age. age. They have to be of a certain age, yes. Um, so it's it's a thing that, uh, that upsets me. Uh, next up is a movie that I feel like film Twitter and liberal Twitter is telling me I should be up in arms about, not okay. literally. Well, that's uh, a thing they tend to say. I, but I'm secretly kind of looking forward to Eli Roth's Death, Death Wish remake. <laughs> I don't uh, know, man. I saw the trailer, and that looks rough. I haven't seen the trailer, but um, it's written by Joe Carnahan. Uh, okay. It stars Bruce Willis, whom I like when he tries. I don't think he's going to try. It does not look uh, like he's trying. That's unfortunate. He has no incentive to try. Yeah. yeah. And Eli Roth is another guy that I still I, I feel like I'm hanging on to the fact that I liked Cabin Fever, and I liked Hostel, and I feel like I want him to get back to making movies that are you know, brutal, but also there's a sense of like fun, like prankish fun, you know, to, to his, to his better movies. I'm not sure he's made one like that in a while. <laughs> well, and I'm not sure this will be it. Yeah. I don't think death wish has ever had the prankish fun. It's been like kind of this vindicated thing, yeah, but I mean, it's always yeah. been very serious. Yeah. I wish it were a little more of a tongue in cheek, you know, yeah. <laughs> vigilante murder movie. <laughs> uh, that, but yeah, maybe, maybe this is just an, uh, uh, an, uh, an occasion or, or, or uh, an example of me, you know, I've already like projected a movie in my head that right. I want to no. see and I'm going to go see it and it's not going to be anything like, uh, what I want it to be. When is the last time Bruce Willis tried? 2012? Definitely Moonrise Kingdom. Moonrise Kingdom yeah. and yeah. Looper, I think. That's right. Yeah. That was the same and year. That's the same year. So I think 20, so five years, it's been five years since he tried. Yep. Okay. But he did very well in both of those. He has been in a lot of movies since then. So who's saying? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's churning them out. Yeah. yeah. Once upon a time in Venice. Yep. Sure. First kill. I don't, see, I don't, I don't even one. know what that is. I know. No, I, they just, they, I think it's like a thing where they just make them just for DVD and foreign markets mm-hmm. now. I think some of these he also turns up in for like a couple scenes. Sure. And that's the end of his involvement. Maybe. I was watching, uh, uh, I occasionally watch stuff on uh, Red Letter Media. 
uh, and they were talking about I think the most recent Die Hard film and they showed like footage of him at a like press junket you know and just uh, and he that's the thing if you think he's not trying <laughs> on the screen <laughs> him having to promote this shit is astonishing oh like, is he like uh, you won't know this reference like Marshawn Lynch at the, the media day before the Super Bowl boy I don't know he literally Football players have to be, they get fined if they don't participate in media day. So Marshawn <laughs> answered every question with, I'm just here so I won't get fined. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great video. You watch kinda, it. I kind of respect that. Yeah. Yeah, I wish it were that. Yeah. You know, it's just like, he's he goes, not that clever. <laughs> yeah. He's just like, yeah, John McClane is just, uh, you know, just trouble finds him. He's just, he's just attracted <laughs> That's a pretty good it. Bruce Willis. Oh, thank you. I didn't intend to uh, do a Bruce Willis. I was trying to match his level of almost well, dead. In doing so. <laughs> yeah. So you have met yeah, recent Bruce Willis. myself of any charisma I might have. And then I arrive at uh, modern Bruce Willis. But uh, yeah. And then there was another one where he was like, uh, he was being interviewed for Red 2 oh, yeah. and the person's like by like a British reporter who's very uh, excitable he's like do you, think, do you think there'll be a Red 3 you know and he's like he goes I wouldn't rule it out <laughs> does not care at all uh, alright let's move on to a movie that I couldn't be less interested in it's called The Current War so you've got oh, yeah. Benedict Cumberbatch returning to imitation game mode, right. playing a genius. He's playing Thomas Edison from the director of Me and Earl and the Dying Girl. <laughs> yep. Oh boy, yeah. Who's who plays? Uh... So this is Edison versus Tesla, right? Yeah. Um, no, versus George Westinghouse. Oh, oh sorry. Okay. Uh, played by Michael Sheen. Oh, I, all right. Wait. I thought Michael Shannon dropped out. I, I no, know that was another one that hey, they were cycling. This is from two or three weeks ago here. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, well, then that's probably yeah, the more accurate. come out for a while. <laughs> that's how they make movies, right? They start shooting them <laughs> yeah. in like a couple weeks. Yeah. When yeah. I was a kid, I used to think the movies on TV were being shot in real time, and that's why they had longer commercial breaks, because it took so much that's time fun. to set up. I, when I was a kid, I very, very similarly thought that when you listen to the radio, people were in the studio, like, right. performing the songs. My Sometimes dad used to think that, are. too. Yeah. Wow, you guys are dumb kids. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it, you know it's interesting because I'm sure the movie is going to be who cares, but, okay, uh, but Tesla is a character in the movie uh, played by J.D. Salinger himself, Nicholas Holt. <laughs> it also has Catherine Waterston in it. There's yeah, that. I like her and Tom Holland. Yeah. Spider-Man. Okay. And Tuppence Middleton. Oh, that's fun. The most British name in the world. Um, Benedict oh, Cumberbatch, Benedict. though. It's, it's between British the two, yeah. 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 Uh, together or less. So, yeah, it's... Uh, we together before. <laughs> it's not that big a country. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure, the, I'm sure the, the story is one I'm always interested in, but I feel like, yes, it's very Oscar Beatty, and yeah. no thank you. And Me and Earl and the Dying Girl was not good. <laughs> nope. I did not see it. Uh, we, we mentioned Kenneth Branagh before. Um I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm intrigued by Murder on the Orient. I am excited. Yeah. I think like a lot of people in the world, I'm I've had my fill of Johnny Depp, and I kind of a part of me wishes somewhere else, someone else were in the movie. But, but I feel oh, like there's but, enough uh, people drowning them out. <laughs> I was gonna, right, literally. Well, yeah. yeah there, I mean, there's Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah. Um, Daisy Ridley. Yeah. Um, I, I think maybe yeah, Josh Gad is in yeah. it. Sorry. I know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't have a problem with Josh Gad. I don't think. Yeah. Well, he does. So. Uh, Judy Dench. Judy yeah. Dench. Uh, isn't is Angelina Jolie in it? Yeah, um, I don't remember. Or was she just attached at one point? I don't remember. Yeah, I don't recall. But uh, it has but yeah, more I, stars than there are in the heavens. I'll tell you that. 
I recently rewatched uh, the original, and so I was looking at the cast and comparing, yeah, and being like, oh, this is this is some really interesting uh, casting choices. And uh, David, don't you worry about that Johnny Depp. Okay. Um, <laughs> and what? it was uh, shot on sixty-five entirely. Yeah, I think cool. he got like Terrific. the last four sixty-five millimeter cameras in existence. Cause he's mm. like, I'm Kenneth Branagh, so yeah. I hope they show it that way in LA. I'm excited. Right. I think so. And then he ritualistically threw them off a cliff. When they were done. <laughs> that, yes. While well, like screaming. <laughs> I believe so. Yes. Damn you! <laughs> uh, I'm interested also to see his performance. Oh, sure. totally. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Like that character is so ridiculous and over the top that, but it looks like he's actually playing him a bit muted. Hmm. Like the fact that his mustache is big and ostentatious, but not silly. Right. Uh-huh. I don't know. I feel like that's it's a tasteful oh, mustache. Sure, it's a tasteful giant mustache. <laughs> Um, first, Julie, then Scott. What else do you have for November? Well, I got nothing, November. so. Um, I have a couple um, things. Uh, so on November 10th, we have Thelma, which is Norway's official Oscar submission, and the newest film from, probably going to say this wrong, Joachim Trier. Who did um, uh, Oslo, or I can't uh, remember. Yeah, I think Og- Oslo, August 31st, That's and more recently, Louder Than Bombs, Both which is pretty good. good. Um, this is nothing like that. I wouldn't say Louder Bombs. Um, it's quite good. It's pretty good. Um, this may be more to your taste. The synopsis is a woman discovers terrifying powers, her own, as she falls in love with another woman. So, Oh, wow. It's got everything. Sounds like basically. it could be an X-Men story. Uh, yeah, sure. Um, like and a then super hot one, right? Super oh, yeah. hot. High five. Which X-Men super stories hot. aren't? <laughs> oh. You know what? <laughs> you got me. <laughs> An apocalypse. Ugh. <laughs> Gives me chills. Um, especially, <laughs> especially play, played by Oscar Isaac, right? Yeah. I mean, even under all the makeup. Um, and then just dated today, I think, or a couple days ago, um, a movie out of Chile called A Fantastic Woman. Um, this is getting very good buzz out of the festivals. It's about a trans woman who's grieving after her lover dies. Um, I saw the trailer getting very good Pedro Almodovar vibes from that. Uh, Pablo Lorraine produced it. Oh, that's um, nice. People are, again, very hyperbolically saying that um, Daniela Vega, who's a newcomer actress, will be the first trans woman to get an Oscar, which I think overstates how many foreign films the Academy is willing to tolerate. Yeah, there's um, a lot of layers to that. The person who directed Gloria, which is a great movie. Oh yeah, yeah. we saw that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's you know people are really into it, and I think probably at least critics groups and stuff will take note of that. Uh, at least so. they didn't cast Gary Oldman as a trans woman, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. would be yeah. wrong. Right. Mm-hmm. Is she an mm-hmm. overweight trans woman? <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, I remember. Uh, let's see. It must have been January 1998. I was, my dad, grandpa, and myself, uh, were visiting Missouri to look into it about whether or not we were going to move there from Denver. And so, uh, we were staying with, uh, my, uh, aunt and uncle and the Golden Globes were on. And I remember, uh, Titanic was just sweeping everything and I and it bothered me because of course at the time I was a big LA Confidential right. guy and since then I like Titanic a lot and I totally understand why it swept everything but uh, but at the time I was like oh this is so angering and I was like the Oscars will get it right <laughs> <laughs> because I was young and stupid yeah. uh, and so but it was just this feeling of like yeah the golden Glo- you know what here's the thing I wasn't so young that I did not automatically discount the Golden Globes sure. <laughs> as everyone should uh, but yeah it was uh, <laughs> I was very naive and so in a situation like this like oh my gosh this the first 
trans woman in a foreign language film, absolutely, obviously, it's going to win. Like, what do you mean? When I'm not even 16? Come on. Yeah, and I mean, Sony Pictures Classics is releasing it, and they have, like, a pretty good Oscar hustle, but I don't know if it's, like... Uh, foreign film actress in lead acting category, good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so. Marion Cotillard and Isabel Hooper barely got in there. Yeah, last couple years. and they're big names. Yeah, exactly. So, well, I'm excited now that I realize. Oh yeah, no, it yeah, sounds no, like a great it, movie. It, it looks yeah. good. So yeah. I don't mean to knock it because it won't win Oscars <laughs> or whatever. But so are we moving into December? Yeah. Ah, uh, yes. Okay. Now, Scott, you and I have disagreed on a lot of things All right. the past two hours and seventeen minutes. But I'm going to venture a guess that we are both looking forward to the Greatest Showman. A little bit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I kind of am as well. Yeah. Partially because it, it led me to read up on okay. P.T. Barnum, who had a political career. Like, he was oh, a really? congressman <laughs> for years. Huh. Hmm. Before he did all this. Oh, like, <laughs> I, can, I can definitely understand him becoming, like, really cynical. Yeah. yeah. Davy Crockett. Exa- oh, damn. Hey, absolutely. We haven't seen a Davy Crockett movie in a while, actually. Um, <laughs> sorry, that's something I just realized. Like, that's, that's right. <laughs> I'm going to go make one right now. Clamoring. <laughs> well, Hollywood's door for another Davy Crockett movie. Well, he was a big, uh, like, he fought against, uh, like, breaking treaties and that sort of thing. And it's, I don't know, it's, I feel like... Uh, I feel like he's an uh, adventurous and inspiring and uh, certain uh, kind of relevant to, to... Now I hope that it addresses his political career enough so that P.T. Barnum in The Greatest Showman can often say, you guys think this is a circus? You should see Congress. <laughs> and then everybody laughs. Yeah. And then I, Mark Russell plays his piano often <laughs> in the corner there. Um, so for those who don't know, this movie is a musical, which is why I'm... Yeah, yeah totally. which is interesting because I saw the trailer and I feel like they kind of like downplay that a bit you said this but there's people singing in it i don't know where you're getting this impression yeah but like in really short clips and like <laughs> i don't think it's original music maybe in the trailer okay. i just feel like <clears throat> i i wasn't getting that vibe and it could have because yeah when i first saw it i mean i think i i got that it was musical eventually but it's like well maybe they're just singing in the at the circus right like, mm. it's it's you know it could still be musical even if that were true yeah i suppose so um, but people, also call like people call Nashville a musical and it bothers me. Yeah. It's, it's like a, I'm fine with that. Yeah, it's like a, what do they call it? Like a reinvention of the musical. Okay, I suppose so. It also has Michelle Williams. Yeah. Okay. Zac Efron. Good season for Michelle Williams. Yeah. yeah. Good couple of years for Michelle Williams. Yeah. She's uh, doing all right. Yeah. All okay. around. She'll be fine. So we're excited for that. I'm also excited for The Shape of Water, which is the new oh, movie yeah. Oh, yeah. from, and I can never not pronounce it the Josh Fadon way, <laughs> Guillermo del Tormo. <laughs> well, have you heard his new nickname? You can replace it with that. No, what's that? Guillermo del Totoro is apparently what people started calling him on set, which inspired an adorable um, subgenre of fan art of him as Totoro, if you want to look into that. Really disturbing deviant art. Yeah, I mean, you can avoid that easily enough, I think. Uh, so our, Yeah, The Shape of Water. Our friend... Oh, I, oh, I like that. Yeah. Uh, our friend Joel, uh, who has not been on the show, but we all know him, right? Yeah. Uh, so he and I were seeing a movie at the Arclight in Sherman Oaks, and as we were hanging out afterwards, uh, uh, out walks uh, Guillermo del Toro, and uh, Joel is a big fan of his, and so he's like, I, I, I need to go say something to him. And Guillermo del Toro like, was like, hey! <laughs> like he's an old friend right and like shakes his hand gives him a hug and it's just like oh that's great that and I, rem- great. I remember something John Hurt said about him where he said he's like you know he's a big man but I think it's because he needs to he needs uh, he needs room for his big heart Aww. Aww. So, but and your friend Doug Jones is in this movie yeah. 
not that's not super surprising, but yes, he is my best friend, Doug. Right. <laughs> uh, what do we know, Julie, about Via Capri? Um, I think it's in that subgenre of movie that I heard a kind of amusing term for, but can't remember. Oh, senior cinema. That's what it is. Okay. I think it's one of those kind of like old people in a beautiful location kind of oh. hanging out movie. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't Am I speaking, that speaking your language? Yeah, as someone who adored Paris can wait. Uh, I liked it as well. I, I think I'm it's one of those. Yeah. Who's in this one? Uh, Morgan Freeman and Renee Russo. And Tommy Lee Jones. Oh, yeah. kind of all over the place with that cast. I like all those people. Sort I like them. I like them, but I feel like when was the last time Morgan Freeman was like really good? That's a good question, right? Uh, I thought he was good in Invictus. That was eight years ago. Yeah. Mm. Well, what was that? We talked about Rob Reiner earlier, who hasn't made a good movie in a while. What was that Rob Reiner movie he was in? I have uh, no idea. The Magic of Belle Isle. Okay. Oof. Oh Oof. yeah. All right. Oof. Yeah. Uh, Miss Kiet's Children. What is this? I don't know. No, no. It's always oh, a documentary about a Dutch school teacher befriending the children of Middle Eastern refugees. That's an entertainment weekly. Good for I was going to say, this is a strange lineup they've picked. Yeah. Well, it's in their little, like, sidebar. Right. Um, it's, like, yeah. uh, it's not on the cover. I realize uh, that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, film stars don't die in Liverpool. This is Annette Bening, Jimmy Bell. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And she plays Gloria Graham. Right. Um, people yeah. are into this out of Telluride. And That's right. um, I feel like there's a little bit of like an Annette Benning renaissance happening that I'm very here for. Yeah. Well, I think. When did she ever go away? No, Not I think it's more away. that like she's long been felt to be due for an Oscar. And people thought after 20th Century Women that that would be kind That's of at least somewhat of a moment she needed to get nominated. So now it's all coming back around. Uh, is Hillary she, Swank in anything? <laughs> I know, right? That might not Watch be out. <laughs> Unless she gets nominated for Logan, Logan Lucky, Lucky. I think she'll be safe. Um, I think Annette Bening should have won an award for playing herself in Tony Soprano's Dream. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, uh, Gotti, in which John Travolta plays John Gotti. And Kelly Preston plays his wife. Huh, interesting. Who's directing? I don't know. It's not entertainingly. For the sidebar things, they don't list the director, so I had to look it up. It's been a while so, since I've been excited about John Travolta and anything. Yeah. And I feel like he... You know, it's to the point, I'm not sure if I believe he can carry a dramatic movie. He's really good in people with VOJ. Yeah. Yeah. I do... You know what? I I really like him in that, and then... But I know a lot of people who really do I know. Like I, him I never that. got yeah. the complaints against him. Um, the I, only thing that's wrong with his casting is that he's bigger than... Uh, what's his face? Keep a good Keep a good junior. Oh, oh, yes. That's true. And so I seem like towering next to him. I think that's the problem with ridiculous. the casting of OJ, honestly. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah, but it's I, tough to find a guy who looks bigger than Travolta on screen for the most true. part. Yeah. So. I mean, I um, think the complaints were that he's, like, doing it too big or whatever, but, like, I think it was true to the character. Yeah. It's like, yeah. when you cast him as these, like, kind of weird people, I think it works. Yeah. But. So, I'm suddenly less interested in Gotti because I look up who directed <laughs> it. It is directed by uh, the venerated member of Leonardo DiCaprio's Pussy Posse, <laughs> Kevin Connolly. <laughs> 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 Kevin Connolly, wait. All right. Yeah. So the yeah. guy from Entourage? He's from Entourage, yeah. That is odd. And not, not great. He's made. Not it's encouraging. Not, so, as you know, I don't like... Uh, I'm naturally suspicious when actors direct. Yeah. I think I'm doubly, maybe triply so, when the actor is Kevin Connolly. <laughs> yeah. I know or it's not really his debut, but... Any member of the Pussy Posse. <laughs> I didn't I know. know he was a member of the Pussy Boss. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Him, Toby, <laughs> all, all in. McGuire, yeah, I know about um, Toby and Leo. Lucas Haas. Okay. And that I knew, yes. Yeah, and I don't know, some others. Yeah. There's the, I think that's the, that's the first tier. There's probably some second tier members. I like that. Some Lucas reserve Haas. members. Yeah. Um, 
Jumanji. We should start oh. our own pussy posse. <laughs> <laughs> you guys ever think about that? And then make plays about it at the end of every year. <laughs> um, Jumanji, welcome to the jungle. You know no. what? <laughs> Son of a bitch, the trailer did make me chuckle. I haven't um, seen the trailer, to be fair. Yeah, and of course, you could do a lot worse than hinging your film on the charisma of Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Right. And, and Jack Black and Kevin Hart. And Kevin Hart and Jack Black. I forget who... And Karen Gillan. Karen Gillan. I don't know who that Nebula is. Nebula from the Guardians. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, she's also... Doctor Who fans also know her from something. I don't know. I don't watch Doctor <laughs> Who, so I don't know. But I know she's a Doctor Who person, right? And do you... Doctor Who me. veteran. Uh, who cares? Uh, did you know... So do you know the premise of it? Yeah, I know that Jack Black is playing a teenage girl. Yeah. Wait, what? Yeah. So yeah. essentially yeah. these four kids, uh, teenagers, yeah. they're going to play this old video game and they can play as these characters. So then they okay. get sucked into them and then they are those characters. Okay. So Jack Black is, for example, a teenage girl and then The Rock is this very nerdy guy and he is just naturally the leader because he looks like The Rock but yeah the guy is not and so like there's a moment that's it it made me laugh if it were any other actor it probably wouldn't but he's like you see him like kind of off in front of the group and he's in they can't see him he has his back to them and he's he goes don't cry (laughs) don't cry (laughs) and just it's it's all like it might be enough to get me to see it yeah I'm more interested in this now I didn't know that was the premise yeah um, the Disaster Artist. I hear it's good, but I'm afraid I'm, it's going to be mean. Uh, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I do care. I actually <laughs> think if anyone I walk around feeling bad for Tommy Wiseau a lot of the time. I think if anybody is most inclined to sympathize with him, yeah. it is James Franco. Yeah. I feel like he'll tell I, the line well. And I feel like the, the vibe I'm getting from kind of like the trailer, just what I've heard about it, there seems to be an affection there. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't... I don't feel James Franco doesn't seem to me like someone who would make that kind of movie to make fun of something. Yeah, I feel like, like he wouldn't attach himself to it if there wasn't an affection. He's not a super cynical guy. It's not yeah. my impression. He's very earnest. Yeah. This feels like it could be probably not as good. In fact, likely not as good. <laughs> very Ed Wood-ish. Yeah. Where like uh, a skilled artist is paying tribute to one that is not, but who still managed to influence a lot of people uh, or inspire people. Uh, And then I also like, I'm a big fan of Dave Franco and he plays uh, uh, Greg something. I don't remember, but he plays the the best friend in in the film. And uh, I did see like a bit of advertisement, a sequence from the film where, you know, the big, one of the big lines is he, he's like, he goes, I did not hit her. I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. Yeah. So he's, uh, so you see that over and over because he keeps screwing up the line and then he finally gets it right and everybody's cheering and it just kind of, t- and he's like looking really happy. And as I was watching it, I felt like there's a way to direct this. And of course I, it's only one scene, mm-hmm. but like there's a way to direct this so that him being happy with himself for getting right. line is like, look at this dope. But in, in watching him, I'm like, good for him. Yeah. He did yeah. It. It's a moment of triumph. Um, so and I, I think they said th- that Tommy Wiseau was like a consultant and was like happy with the finished product. So. No. The, yeah. the little tidbit I learned from Entertainment Weekly that I liked is that James Franco, who also directed it, in order to not lose the accent, directed in, yeah. quiet, <laughs> in the accent, which is funny to me. Gosh, let's hope he didn't go too far into character. <laughs> uh, Ferdinand. Um, what? Animated movie? It's, so, uh, bowl, right? Yeah, it's... Yeah. There, it's <laughs> 
Is that a bowl, right? Yeah, it's, a, it's these famous children's books. Did you never no, read the book? Uh, it rings a bell now. Okay. I just like Tyler's delivery. Um, but it's it's about a bull who's like he think everyone thinks he's mean because he's a bull, but he's actually very sweet natured. Mm. And they cast John Cena as the voice, which I find rather adorable. Interesting. Yeah. And Kate McKinnon's voice in it too. So. Um, I'll see if I can. I'll see if I can make it even more. It's about a goddamn bull, right? <laughs> Something like that. Just this old man who just is incredulous. He's still reading through Entertainment right, Weekly. Right. He's still kind of vaguely up on the new releases. <laughs> right. Uh, Ridley Scott's All the Money in the World. Another, another Michelle Williams. Another Michelle yeah. Williams. Yeah. Loving I, it. I was telling all the Idris Elba movies. I should have been telling the Michelle Williams movies, That's too. more in my wheelhouse. Yeah. What is this? Uh, it's about the J. Paul Getty kidnapping scandal, which is yeah. utterly bananas, if you don't know mm. about that. Um, Thank you for not saying bonkers. Yeah. Didn't know that was a loaded word. <laughs> so, no, I've had you listen to the podcast. I was going to say, if you've been listening to the podcast. <laughs> Interesting. I do. <laughs> um, but yeah, it basically was in, I think, the 70s. And it, so, like, the Getty Center in L.A. and all the things around L.A. that have Getty on it, that's J. Paul Getty. And I think they kidnapped his, like, nephew or something. Grandson grandson and like he didn't care and he was like playing a game of chicken with them where he was like yeah like hurt him whatever and it's just like this bizarre thing that they're also making into an FX miniseries hmm. so J. Paul Getty kidnapping very hot right now hmm. um, but yeah good cast who plays good. J. Paul Getty Kevin Spacey and I'm into Ridley Scott's recent run of movies I know it's not for everybody but I'm feeling it I'm He's, worried because yeah. Covenant too I didn't like it as much as Prometheus but it's fine and it has I mean the David stuff in the movie is great. Right. Yes. Um, I'm worried this being a crime movie, I'm uh, worried that it's going to be like Matchstick Men, which is a movie I really don't like. I have not, I never saw it. Uh, but I mean, that's more of like a, I don't want to call that like a full throttle comedy, but that's, I think, yeah. wackier than like this will be. Yeah. I'm actually, I'm more alarmed by the casting of Kevin Spacey, honestly. Because um, I feel like right. he'll just, he'll play, he'll play all the external and won't really play much internal. Um, which is the thing that uh, I feel like he's been doing a lot lately. Although well, I did just rewatch uh, Margin Call, and he's great in that. The description of the plot here implies that J. Paul Getty is a supporting role. That it's oh, really okay. more about um, uh, Mark Wahlberg as the ex-CIA agent who is okay, trying, trying, who's investigating the case, yeah. and Michelle Williams who plays the I guess I guess Kevin Spacey's daughter, the okay. the mother of the mm, kidnapper. Okay. So I think I know how family trees operate. You know what's interesting is that when, whenever I hear, unless it's like an alien movie, in which case I'm positive I'm not going to like it. Um, anytime I hear that, oh Ridley Scott made this movie, my next question is like, oh who wrote it? Right. Because I feel like I, who did I feel like it. he's at this point I I so consider him not an auteur, like such a journeyman that I feel like. If a movie, if one of his films is good, it is the function of a solid script. I agree to a certain extent, but I also think he's becoming more of an auteur. I think his last three movies have a real distinctive shape to them. See, and I feel like The Martian, while being a very good movie, is oh, directed. Oh, I, I actually directed totally as forgot as about The Martian. So his last four movies. Okay. What was this? Ugh. I forgot that even existed. So <laughs> yeah. we're going Prometheus. Yeah. We're going Counselor. 
And then oh, Martian okay. and Covenant. Oh, that was well, which, which the third one? Yeah. yeah. Well, I never saw Counselor. Yeah. As we like, all know, one of the biggest. Martian, as we all know, one of the biggest arguments for the Atua theory is that you forget uh, <laughs> that they've made films. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, I guess they you could slipped together from your mind for his career by cherry picking <laughs> the movies <laughs> that fit your definition. No, all of them except for Exodus, which I didn't even see. It's fits my. Uh, it's not very good. Yeah, it's not very good. My paradigm. Um, Okay. Oh, who, who did write it? Or were you looking that up? I did. It's some guy named Dan David Scarpa, hmm. whose last uh, produced screenplay was the re- remake of The Day the Earth Stood Still. So that's not super well, encouraging. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Um, yeah. I left from out last time I did this. Okay, we had Wonder Woman, Wonder Truck, Professor Marston and the Wonder Woman, Wonder, and now Wonder Wheel, which is the new Woody Allen movie. Yes. Yikes. Also uh, with Kate Winslet. Also yeah. with Kate Winslet. And yeah, uh, you know, standard disclaimer, Woody Allen's a creep. I always feel a little bit bad about wanting to see his movies, um, but I do want to see this movie. Um, uh, yeah, it's yeah. Amazon's first solo distribution, so they're mm-hmm. striking out on their own. Um, it also has Justin Timberlake in it, which mm-hmm. I like him as an actor. Yeah. I'm kind yeah, of surprised sure. he hasn't kind of done more. I it feel is. like there's a period where he wanted to be an actor more and a couple things didn't work out like runner runner or right. that, uh, friends with benefits or whatever it's called. Was it, did he, was he in, in friends he with benefits? He was in those, wait, I, I think, think he was in no strings. No, I think wait, that, no. No, that's Ashton Kutcher. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah okay, I think, okay. Yeah. I think friends with benefits. Yeah. Yeah. Was, I he was like, really good in that. No, he was good in both, yeah. but it's just one of those things where like they didn't quite make the mark. Yeah. And so he was like, screw this. But then he did the song for trolls and he was like, this is working <laughs> out. Right back in. Um, but apparently like Kate Winslet had like had an interview about working with Justin Timberlake and she's like, God damn it. He's just the best. Like <laughs> She was like, I expected he would be like, so he's just the best. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Right cool. All right. Um, uh, bright is the new David Ayer movie written by, um, Max Landis. starring Will Smith and Joe Edgerton. I've been defending uh, David Ayer for longer than I can anymore. This movie looks like a chore and a half. I, I'll, I'll keep an open mind. I, All right. uh, I know, uh, again, I know that Max Landis has said a lot of, uh, inexcusable <laughs> things, uh, on his Twitter and in interviews and stuff, but he also, has, and to his barber, um, <laughs> well, uh, he's offended someone. No, he's just, he said, Hey, do my hair like this. And that was offensive to all. Right. Um, it just seems, but he wrote, you know, uh, like I liked, uh, I know a lot of people watched Chronicle. I didn't see it. I liked American Ultra. I liked mm-hmm. the Superman miniseries he wrote for DC Comics. Um, I'm willing to give it a shot, I guess. It just, just seemed like I, they had, I, I think, a panel at Comic-Con. Yeah. Yeah. They were just like, it seemed like some like a chore. Like, they were just laboriously explaining all the, the types of people like, in the world. And I'm like, I need a nap. I also think, I guess, I'm worried that after... Max Landis' public personality and after Suicide Squad I feel like film Twitter was so ready to hate this movie as soon as anything was available to hate and so a part of me wants to reserve judgment just because I don't want to be piling on sure but again I'm ready to defend David Ayer at any turn but uh, this movie just sounds tiring as we're explaining the mythology I couldn't help but think of Mark Maron's character in Glow (laughs) (laughs) that's funny I feel like uh, now that you mentioned how many things sound like him talking yeah. about his shows, I can't unthink that. Totally. It's like constant because it's so spot on. Yeah. All right. Uh, Permanent is a movie starring P- Patricia Arquette. Yay. And, and Rain Wilson. Rain Wilson. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, okay. 
uh, Bastards. Uh, Ed Is Helms, this a remake of Ed, the Claire Denis movie? Uh, yeah. Ed Helms and Ed, <laughs> Sorry and Derek, to disappoint. Ed Helms and Owen Wilson. Uh, Hunt for the Real Dad. Uh, their mom is played by Glenn Close. Owen Wilson, man, get better movies. Ed Helms, stay where you are. You're not good. <laughs> Owen Wilson, better movies. Um, what do you like Owen Wilson in? What don't I like Owen Wilson in? Wes Sounds Anderson like stuff. One. The Wes Anderson yeah, stuff for sure. I know you're not a Wes Anderson guy. Yeah. Inherent Vice, amazing. Uh, yeah. Midnight in Paris, great. Yeah. He's a great yeah, actor. Right. Yeah, okay, I'm with you. He yeah. was in an inferior uh, Elmore Leonard adaptation uh, oh the, yeah i never the saw big that bounce it's not very good but he's quite good in it and like in his own way like he is a really good elmore leonard protagonist I because he that. just does not care and he's just <laughs> so laid back and there's this wonderful part where he's like i forget who it is it might be vinnie jones somebody's like gonna attack him but he's holding a bat and he's like he goes <laughs> seriously get away and the guy's like he goes he goes i'm gonna come at you he goes if you come at me i'm going to hit you in the head with this bat <laughs> and he's just like really he's like trying to and then it happens and he hits him he's like ah oh. and just like he do, he really does not want to be violent and he's really specifying what's going to happen i he's remember a very resourceful actor yeah yeah all right uh another maybe after okay i mentioned florida project project and Lady Bird, maybe my next most anticipated is the new Michael Hanukkah movie, Happy End. Yeah, which is not here for it. it. Yeah, not only the end of Michael Hanukkah movie, but it's a reteaming with Isabel Huppert. Um, yeah. And I think Trintignant's in it, too. Uh, who is? Jean-Louis Trintignant, who is in Amour. And isn't oh. it kind of like a dark comedy or something? I mean, aren't they all Probably. kind of? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> More explicitly right. then. Uh, and then next up, uh, this... As I said, this magazine's a few weeks old. It has it listed as The Papers, but it's called The Post now, right? Oh, is it? Okay, the, oh, okay. I didn't know that. The Steven Spielberg yeah, movie. Yeah, which I, I mean, God bless Spielberg, but like the timeline on this is insane because it just went into Post like a few weeks ago. It worked for Munich. Uh, yeah, there, it just seems like there's this like weird rush where I'm like, they'll still have the Oscars next year. I don't know, but. But I feel like he works so well fast. Yeah. Yeah. Great uh, cast. Yeah, you got uh, uh, and Tom Hanks. Uh, yeah, I don't know who else, but I think like <laughs> Bunch Sarah other fools. Paulson, Carrie oh. Coon. Oh, um, right. Just list anyone you like; they're yeah. probably in there. Rachel yeah. Vice. Could be. Could be. <laughs> Maybe. Because I think it's like the cast list is so long that I'm like, okay, eventually these are people who just have like two lines, and we're just saying yes because right. it was Spielberg. But that's I, fine. Although. One person that doesn't automatically say yes to Spielberg is me now. Um, there are films he's made that I have not seen and don't feel much desire to see them. Or I, and I don't. I might feel an obligation, but it's been a few years. Like I haven't seen War Horse. I have no desire to see War Horse. Um, I really like Bridge of Spies. But what's interesting is I feel like he's he's been putting out a lot of movies that don't they don't feel like they needed to be made by him. Uh, this is I thing, disagree. This is a thing that I've been saying a lot about actors is that for me, uh, often what a great performance is, uh, is when I cannot possibly imagine anybody else doing it. And when I think of, and I, that's, it's, it's harder to do that with directors and I'm not inclined to do so, but I feel like he's been in a, in a minor stage for a while, even when he is so that even when he puts out a good movie, uh, it still feels like. I don't know that it's that it didn't require him 
to be made. Like Bridge of Spies feels like that to me. And Lincoln feels like that to me. Like, I mean, I think Lincoln is one of the best movies. So you won't <laughs> <I'm a big laughs> broker anything here for me. It's got, a, um, it's got a very good script and I like James Spader a lot. Uh, but it has a completely mediocre John Williams score and I think it's not shot in any particularly interesting way. Oh, I think it's and shot very well. Yeah. I, I would I'll say that Bridge of Spies almost doubly. I do like the way Bridge of Spies is shot. Um, Especially that um, the part where it, People shoot at his house, right? It's not just a mere brick through the window situation. Yeah. Did they um, shoot at his house? Yes. Yeah, they, yeah. Okay, yeah. There's that scene afterward where like the cops and reporters are descending on him and there's like shadows like throwing all over the place. Yeah. It's, like, it's, it's a completely interesting decision for a scene we've seen a thousand times before and it's totally a routine scene. Yeah. You know, Tyler and I share an alma mater with the cinematographer. Yes, we do. All right. Yeah, Kaminsky. Yeah. Right on. But you know what? Pretty soon I'm going to share an alma mater with a lot of people. Oh, right. With That's true. Um, from, okay, so from a movie that has a different title to a movie that now has a title listed here as untitled Paul Thomas Anderson film. What's, we just said, what's it called? Phantom Thread. Phantom Although, Although, I think that's a working title. I've heard that that's like just a title they kind of threw yeah. out there okay. to have it, it could change be yet. something. Yeah. So that's obviously Pete Anderson reteaming with Daniel Day-Lewis, who I don't buy this retirement for one minute. I don't either. Oh, yeah, no way. Absolutely not. Something will bring him back. Because it's also like, how do you define, reti- like, how many years have to elapse? And then if they come back, they're not retired anymore. So. And especially for him, like, how long does it take for it to count as a comeback when he takes so long between projects anyway? Yeah. The only person who is really retired is Gene Hackman. Never yeah, Holy shit, I was going to say that exact same thing. <laughs> yeah, like, he's the only like, one. I was going to phrase it that way yes. as well. But Whoa. He's the we, only one. We're on the same page. Forget yeah. about Rick Moranis, please. Sure. Rick Moranis is also retired. Sure, yes. I want both of them back in a movie together. <laughs> Buddy Cop. they play... Uh, I was going to say uh, let's uh, say uh, waiting, waiting for oh, Godot okay. <laughs> there you go <laughs> I want only them in the movie yes um, okay moving on to Pitch Perfect 3 um, I kind of like the second one I, I liked I, them both I don't but I'm also not mad at these movies anymore I've decided and I think I said this on Twitter <laughs> I'm glad you've gotten uh, over it that Pitch Perfect 3 are the new uh, the Pitch Perfect movies are the new Police Academy movies it's just okay. a group of like sort of characters who are more defined by like one trait each Right. And then each time they get together and they have a different type of venture. This one is the Europe one, you know? Uh, and, you know, sooner or later it'll be the South America one or it'll be the one where they get, like, roped into being CIA agents or something. <laughs> like, it'll be, it, uh, like, I'm kind of fine with it now. And it's, you know, and uh, having not seen any of them, it's it's kind of neat to have a, a comedy franchise that is female-led. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, so and the, with female directors. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's why I don't see them, but still, right. it's Directing this one, because I know Elizabeth Banks isn't back. Her name is Trish C. Yes. S-I-E. Okay. I was like, just going by an initial? Nope. Old move. Nope. <laughs> um, you guys don't have anything else to say about the... Uh... Pitch Perfect movies? No. Okay, so we can move on to Alexander Payne's new movie, Downsizing, which everyone seems to love. Very excited. I'm excited for it. Very good. Cautiously optimistic. I mean, I, this is like a weird thing to say, but I almost feel like Matt Damon is like underrated as an actor. Like, I think that very much. Yes. And like, I don't mean to say that, like I'm like onto this hot tip where like I've figured out he's great and no one else has. I just feel like he's kind of taken for granted. And I think especially given like weird and unique things to do, like in the informant or something, he can really shine. So he doesn't sweat blood like DiCaprio. So people don't. Yeah. talk about him in the same way but to me like he's the highlight of the departed for example and then i think he was he was completely overlooked for the informant the informant pardon me right um and 
I think because he he's just he tends to be so effortless on screen. I think people. I think you're right. They take him for granted. And at the same time, he's also multiple Oscar nominees. The people who aren't as into him are like he's getting his due. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah. And a winner. Well, not for oh, that thing. Yeah. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, can I go back real quick to Trish C because I looked her up. <laughs> sure. All right. I realized so she directed Step Up All In, which okay. I know a lot of people, the Step Up franchise has its fans, but she also directed a number of those uh, elaborate OK Go music videos. I think, mm-hmm. I think All In was the one Step Up movie I saw, and it was pretty engaging. Okay. <laughs> well, so uh, maybe I'm excited for Pitch Perfect three now because uh, Trish Trish C is bringing that Trish C magic. <laughs> um, I'm done. Do you guys have anything else for December? Uh, yeah. Well, I have one thing for December, and then I have two things that do not have a release date right. as of yet, but they will be this year. And Scott, um, do you have anything else on nope. your list? Okay. So um, December 1st is The Other Side of Hope, which is the new Aki Korizmaki oh, yeah. movie. Um, I think it's like it's similar themes to Le Havre, the, his last movie. Yeah. So yeah. I think it's about like <laughs> illegal immigration. Um, so that's coming out. I like and your then, impression of Ben Stiller, and there's something about Mary. <laughs> That was me just being <laughs> unsure about my pronunciation. But yes, just that is clearly what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> Definite deliberate homage. And then, so there's a new Clint Eastwood out this year. Yeah. Um, fifteen seventeen to Paris. I don't know if that's how you correctly say military time. I kind of feel like they're going to change the title. It's a I think that people it. don't. Yeah. All right. Um, he doesn't change things. Well, yeah. Fair enough. Um, He's like, look, we've been calling it this this long. I'm too tired to learn the real title. <laughs> someone wrote. A, someone wrote a word. Who am I to change? Um, it's a sequel to 310 to Yuma. It takes place exactly 12 hours. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. This is the new police academy. Yeah. These two guys are just going. They're no, it actually only takes place seven minutes later because of military time. Oh, oh yeah. That's an afternoon train. Oh, it is an afternoon yeah. train. You're right. Um, but it's. So it's it's based on a real a true story of these three men who foiled a terrorist attack on a train. Here's the twist: they're playing themselves. I know. Oh. I'm so, so into it. There's an all star cast I'm around so them, but thing. they're playing themselves. And then, man, we thought Spielberg was cutting close. This rap shooting like three days ago. Yeah. But it's wait. not messing. This is not as surprising for Clint Eastwood. No, it's yeah. totally the way he works. And he'll get it cut in a couple of weeks working 9 oh, yeah. a.m. to 5 p.m. They'll get a premiere yeah. in AFI Fest in no time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this is maybe like the thing I'm looking forward to the most now. <laughs> yeah, that's that's such a fascinating idea. Here's the problem. The non-professional actors in Gran Torino were yeah, not particularly not good. Great. So this might be an experiment that fails horribly. And he's a one-take guy. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, but it works so well for United 93 that I'd like to see it work well again. Right, yeah. but that was, uh, I, I recall, not Clint Eastwood. Yeah, and they were not <laughs> the You are lead. correct. And they were not the leads. <laughs> also true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the other one is In the Fade, which is Germany's Oscar submission. Um, the reason I know what's coming out this year is because Magnolia said they're doing a big awards push for Diane Kruger, um, mm. which I think this might be actually her first, if or first in a long time, movie in German, which is her native language. Um, but she won Best Actress at Cannes. It's like a revenge movie where I think she just like goes berserk on the people who harmed her and her family. Um, so, and this is directed by Fatih Akin. Yeah, I didn't want to pronounce that. Uh, so. <laughs> I'm not sure if I'm saying it right. But yeah. uh, head on is, I think, maybe his mm-hmm. best movie. He also made, uh, made, uh, also made a lovely movie called uh, In July or Imuli. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he made a documentary about, because um, he's Hungarian, I guess, German. And I guess there's a lot of 
cross pollination of those two. Oh, okay. And so he made a, a movie about the a documentary about the music. Oh, that's cool. That has come from those uh, cultures. Uh, breeding. I'm a big fan of Fatih Akin. So See, now I pronounce it in July. Mm-hmm. Right. That's a reference to the Orson Welles thing. Never mind. Oh, I see. <laughs> yes. I should um, But that's all I got. All right. Until Toronto comes around and then they'll announce more release dates and yeah. fall is keeping yeah. packed. We'll a, Until we'll Toronto comes around <laughs> tomorrow. Yeah, by the time you're right. hearing this, there right. are yeah. release dates. Yeah. Um, so, well, thanks for listening at home. Uh, a bunch of these movies, as we mentioned, have already been reviewed um, by, I guess, mostly me uh, on the website, right? Uh, you can find Scott's reviews of some of them at hey. uh, Criterion Cast, but make sure you read mine first. What, what would we talk about? Mudbound, they call, uh, call me by your name, walking out. And it. Um, and I, oh, yeah, it. There's one review by me. It's of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and it's super wishy washy. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's, there's one movie we mentioned that I will have a review of soon, but I'm currently embargoed and I hated it, so I didn't like it. So I'm, I'm so not excited say to which, hear what it is after. Which movie it was. Um, so that's all at BattleshipRetention.com. You can email us, uh, David at BattleshipRetention.com. Oh, send me your Ask BP questions. We're not, oh, yes. Now that we're, now that we're set up in Tyler's new place, we're going to get back to, to making those because before the background would have just been blank walls or boxes, <laughs> cardboard boxes. So um, we're going to make some more Ask, Ask BP videos. That's David at BattleshipRetention.com. Email Tyler at Tyler at BattleshipRetention.com. Follow me, David, on Twitter at DaveyPretension. Follow Tyler at TylerPretension. Real quick, because uh, we've been going way, way too long. Uh, what's going on on one, at more than one lesson this week? Uh, Josh and I talk about the winner of Best Picture in 1952, The Greatest Show on Earth, a film I do not care for. Yeah. Uh, and Oh, oh and real quick, uh, anybody that's in the SoCal area, all right, oh, yeah. there is Alpha Omega Con, which, yes, is a Christian comics convention, by which I mean... A Christian convention for comics, <laughs> not a convention for Christian comics. Sorry. Anyway, uh, but also just general, general uh, pop culture. Uh, I like it a lot. Uh, and then I'll be moderating two panels. One is called Screaming in Space, the Alien Legacy. So talking about the Alien series. And the other is called Misfits and Weirdos, the films of Tim Burton. So, uh, But then there are also... Here's what's exciting about Alpha Megacon is that I got involved early enough uh-huh. that I like to think... These panels are slowly but surely becoming the kind of thing that I like, <laughs> even the ones I don't moderate. So, like, there's one all about uh, changing gender roles in comics, talking about Wonder Woman, among other things, and then one talking about uh, different uh, racial perspectives on uh, comics and uh, uh, just general pop culture. So, uh, lots of good conversations happening there at Alpha MegaCon, which is at uh, which is in Artesia, California on September 23rd, but you can find out at uh, alphamegacon.com. And uh, there will be a food truck there, which I arranged. So oh, well, very right. exciting. So I'm assuming... Chicken uh, tenders truck? Chicken tenders, pepperoni <laughs> pizza, there is a lamb lo- burgers. <laughs> there is a lone thing on there that I can eat, and then I recognize, like, not everybody wants what I want, so... When you say candy, you mean... Choose to, you can eat, you're not you're not allergic to good food. You That's choose. true. It's just disgusting. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, so yeah, check that out. Alphaomegacon.com. Um, and kind of, I, this isn't really a plug, but we forgot to mention last weekend, this week, um, that uh, you should donate your money to uh, relief efforts in Houston. Sure. Um, there's the Houston and, and, and Harris County, and the, there's the Greater Texas Food Bank, the Houston Food, Food Bank, the Houston Diaper Bank. Um, there's a there's a bunch of them. Just, there's a CNN put a, put together a tool where you donate um, one amount and it spreads it evenly among like hmm. oh that's great 
Um, I give my money to Joel Osteen. I assume that will work out just fine. <laughs> um, so yeah, please, please do that. Um, yeah. Uh, okay. Where can we find you? Let's start with Julie. Julie, tell us about Variety Insight. I will do that. So the shorthand way we describe it is IMDb Pro on steroids. So the great thing about IMDb is it has a lot of information on films that have already come out. Not so great with films that have not come out. So that's kind of the niche we fill. We have comprehensive information about things like shooting dates, about casting changes. Hmm. We have um, tens of thousands of companies in there and people that we have contact information for. Um, we have tools you can run like if you're a publicist you can search for actors without publicists if you're a producer you can search for talent local to your area so it's basically all kinds of tools for people in the production industry or who want to be in there and that's for film television and digital um so we also offer discounts for individuals and small businesses so check us out varietyinsight.com um i would not be shilling for it if i did not believe in it so i'm one of the worker bees behind the scenes who puts in all the data because that's the other difference is that imdb anyone can edit it i Mm -hmm. could go on imdb and give myself 10 oscars would they catch it probably but at variety insight it's just about 20 of us doing it all day every day so come check us out um yeah my favorite thing about imdb is the the trivia page and when there's sometimes like someone has entered some trivia and then someone else has read it and gone that's not right (laughs) this movie was shot in only 14 days and then like two later it'll be like this movie was shot in 17 days (laughs) yeah none of that with us (laughs) by the way you said a phrase that made me chuckle uh because you said uh actors without publicists which reminded me of like doctors without borders (laughs) but uh a a less noble and more tragic one please donate donate now (laughs) um i am also the editor of the american cinematex blog um so they run the egyptian and aero theaters in los angeles um even if you can't make it out there we have people such as scott and i writing about the upcoming programming so check that out as well okay uh and personal like uh, twitter or um i'm an enigma Um, i do not have public social accounts so okay sorry i follow you on at least one thing maybe you don't she said public you know uh not open maybe you think you do (laughs) i don't know there are a lot of people posing as you yeah yeah common problem um i don't think that's nepotism (laughs) by definition is it not well you're not actually family yet not right? yet, I suppose. That's true. Things could go terribly wrong, and I've been hearing things. Yeah, <laughs> that's so. true. We'll talk off mic. Yeah. Um, Scott, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, BattleshipRetention.com, of course, where I just wrote about, um, what were those films? Tulip Fever and Planetarium in relation to this general melodrama genre. Yeah. And you wrote um, a nice article about Jerry Lewis. I wrote a nice article about Jerry Lewis. The sadly deceased, wonderful actor, director Jerry Lewis. Um... And at CriterionCast.com, where I wrote something, I'm sure, and I'll be on the Cinephiliacs podcast talking about Twin Peaks. Uh, that should be up around the time this episode goes up. Pro or con? Very pro. Okay, got it. Makes sense. All right. Well, uh, thank you guys for talking movies three hours. Yeah. I, yeah. I really enjoyed it. It's our our pleasure. Yeah. yeah. And I'm looking forward to the next six months of our lives together. <laughs> right? Yeah. As uh, is uh, statistically more people. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so thank you at home for listening. We'll get you next time. Bye. Bye.
This program is a proud member of the Battleship Pretension Fleet.